Hello, everybody, and welcome to Book Report. <laughs> That's wrong on many different levels today. <laughs> I'm tired, Sam. It's been a long week. <laughs> Everybody and welcome to Spook Retorts. It's the last Ooh, one. It would be November. It's, it's okay. The last one. It's because we had to finish up our run. As you want it to be. That's true. And there's still holidays that are spooky in the beginning of November. I mean, most of them are like family. Spookiest thing of all. It's true. You're getting prepared for Thanksgiving. You're starting to stretch your stomach out. <laughs> yes. A lot of work. I'm swallowing gallons of water. <laughs> Hello, everybody. I'm Danielle. <laughs> I'm Sam, who is currently very bloated. <laughs> and this is the podcast where one of us explains a weird piece of media to the other who has no experience with it. Today, I'm that person who's going to be spookified by Danielle's spookification. That was, that was the best you had. You had a whole week to come up with something. <laughs> I had like three seconds. Do you think I think about this before the moment it comes up? Then you are grossly mistaken. <laughs> All right, before we begin this shindig, Sam, I need you to do a favor for me. Is this to recap Happy Death Day? It might be. <laughs> yeah, I figured this was going to happen. I figured this was going to happen. Because you're never going to believe the plot of Happy Death Day to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bet I'm not. So, you want me to recap Happy Death Day, which we did all of two weeks ago for your first book retort entry. Yes, please. There's a woman. Her name is Tree. And I do not like that name. <laughs> yes, you made that abundantly clear. <laughs> I mean, I have nothing against Tree as a name. I think it's a terrible nickname for Teresa. I think that was her name. It, I yeah. mean, I'm not sure it was ever said. That might have just been from something I read. Like, it feels like a cruel nickname kids come up with to make fun of you. Like, when they're little and don't actually know swears or anything actually mean. And I just sort of stuck with her. And now she has this, like, cruel nickname legacy. Maybe she took it in on herself and made it her own. Owned it? Yeah. She did not seem to be that, like, self-confident. She seemed to be pretty messed up in a lot of ways, so I don't Yes, know. it's true. I mean, otherwise she wouldn't have an arc. Right. So anyway, she wakes up in a strange boy's dorm room after a night of blackout drinking. She books it out of there real quick, passes a bunch of suspiciously obvious timed cues, a <laughs> frat boy passing out after singing bottles of beer on the wall for 26 hours, uh, suspiciously timed sprinklers that only hit one couple in a grassy area, and a car alarm. Yes, among other things. <laughs> yes, it was also a song that played on her cell phone, didn't you? Do you want to tell us what that song is? It's your birthday, you don't have to answer the phone, or something. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Either way, you sing it many times. I'm going to leave out Fine Vagina Boy, because that's really more your thing. But nope. suffice to say, you, should bring, up, you should bring up Fine Vagina Boy. I think it's important no. to bring up Fine Vagina Boy. I think he's irrelevant to the plot, even though he's very entertaining. But that's I, a treat I for the think, listeners. No, I really think you should, Sam. <laughs> oh, is he going to be very relevant to Happy Death Day too? <laughs> Maybe, but you should definitely bring him up. <laughs> the mysterious boy's roommate is a boy who bursts in and constantly asks him while she is still there and waking up, did you get that Fine Vagina last night, I think, or something like that. That sounds about right. Thank you for uh, yeah. hearing me. You're welcome. I'm <laughs> dreading this next <laughs> installment of the Happy Death Day franchise. <laughs> anyway, point is, Tree makes her way to her sorority house. She's kind of a jerk to everyone around her. A jerk to Danielle, the house matron, the head 
sorority person. I don't know I mean, what the to ranks be fair, are. Danielle isn't really nice either, so. No, they have a catty relationship. Absolutely. Her roommate attempts to give her a cupcake, which is suspicious because sorority girls in this house apparently are not allowed to eat carbs. And then she throws in the trash. I was going to fast forward through a lot of the Please nonsense do. that happens. And... Uh, she gets murdered. She's walking to a party that night and she gets stabbed by fire. There's a magic music box that plays Happy Birthday. It's all very scream. And uh, she wakes up the next day in the same boys' room. And she's Who in she a get time loop. she murdered by, Sam? Uh-oh. Uh, the uh, uh, person. Well, we don't know who Not who, yet. but what does it look like? Uh, it's the creepy baby face mask that's a mascot <laughs> of this amazingly fictional college, which for some reason has a baby as their mascot because that's intimidating. <laughs> Maybe they're hoping that, like, the other teams in their sporting events will take pity on them. Like, we can't fight a baby. That would be mean. We'll let them win. Absolutely. And you can just hit the major plot points. You don't have to, like, go through all the recaps of the recaps of the recaps of the recaps. The point is, she gets murderified. She's also not a very good person. She's avoiding her father on her birthday, which it happens to be. She's sleeping with one of her professors, who's also a doctor, Dr. Professor Cheater. Mm -hmm. No, Professor Dr. Cheater. Which other way? Who works at a local hospital. And so she's repeating the same day. She keeps you know, making small adjustments and then getting murdered again. She's trying to figure out who her killer is. The guy whose bedroom she keeps waking up in is trying to help her. He's remarkably okay with the whole scenario. Like he was like, oh, <laughs> See, time loop? I'm on board. Let's figure this out. Skip to the end. There is a pretty blatant red herring with a serial killer named Toombs, John Toombs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, who mm-hmm. is in the hospital and is set to be the killer, but that's way too obvious, and no one buys that for a second. Suffice to say, the actual killer is her roommate. Do you remember her roommate's Maury? name? Yeah, good job. Look at you remembering all the names. <laughs> her roommate, Lori, uh, who was mad at her because she was sleeping with Professor Dr. Cheater, and that's what Lori wanted to do. And so in the end, they have a little cat fight in the dorm room, and she kicks Lori out the window, and Lori dies. But again, this was at the start of a time loop, and so I believe firmly that Tree is now in prison for the murder, or at least manslaughter, of Lori. Right, and Toombs also dies earlier in a hospital thing. Sure. Fight. I mean, yeah, he- he it's gets important. shot. It's important to know. Wait, does he die in this loop too? I don't think he died in this loop. He no, he dies. I think they're both dead. Really, I'm very curious because the first thing she does after she wakes up on the last day of the loop is go to the sorority house and fight Lori. Like she doesn't go to the hospital and kill Tombs. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. I don't remember Sam. <laughs> Maybe he's just in jail. I don't know. <laughs> she shot Tombs in one of the loops. But that was the one where she ate the cupcake and died because the cupcake was poisoned. And then she woke up the next day and that's when she knew it was Lori. So at least the way you told it to me. I've not seen the movie, so I'm being clear. That's true. He might just be in jail. Maybe he just never escaped because Lori wasn't ever allowed to go to the hospital and now he's in jail. That's entirely possible. Or Um, whatever. I'm not clear. Is Tombs relevant (laughs) to this plot? You know the plot better than I do. You'll find out. Okay, well... Anyway, that's Happy Death Day. It's a fun romp that the more you think about its time loop premise, the less it makes any sense. So that that I would say that was one of your main complaints, was it not, Sam? That you didn't understand how the time loop worked? Why it was happening? I don't. I mean, not necessarily why it was happening. Like, I get like time loops in you know, Groundhog Day, which was obviously the biggest inspiration for this movie. Like they don't need necessarily an explanation, but I do want them to be internally consistent. Like the way Lori like teleports around, and the way things like oh, Tree has injuries that carry over from loop to loop, but it doesn't really matter. They don't actually affect anything. Like I just felt like they weren't thinking through the mechanics of their loop very well. Perfect. Well, I'm not sure that this movie is going to help you any on that, but it will give <laughs> oh, you some I- insight into why we're doing a time loop, Sam. 
Well, thank you. At least I'll get that answer. And I'm, I, I, I mean, sure, whatever. Let's. <laughs> I can't wait to hear what the explanation is. All right. So happy death day to you, as in the number two, the letter U, 2019 film starring all of the same actors. And it opens with the Universal Studios logo. <laughs> you doing the time triangle thing where it goes back and forth, back and forth. No, it, there's like a laser that splits through the screen and then it splits into three of the same exact Universal Studios logo. And then there's like a power surge blue. Thing. Oh gosh, it's going to be a multiverse thing. Just Not like that was you, a big Sam. thing for a while. With that, like, oh no, you're like jumping to different multiverses and that's the time travel. <laughs> All right, the clock tower bell rings. You may remember the notorious clock tower bell, Sam. I don't. I remember that she hung herself on the clock tower once, which was not great. That's great. I'm going to tell you that I actually wanted to do this movie, but it required so much backstory to the first one that I just started with the first one, I'm going to be honest, because this one's way crazier. That's fair. Although, to be fair, the first one, pretty bonkers. (laughs) This is worse, as you'll soon see. Oh, great. So the clock tower bell rings and cut to a guy sleeping in a car. Do you know who it is? Do you know who it is, Sam? Fine Vagina Kid? It's Fine Vagina! He got kicked out (laughs) of his bedroom last night, as you may remember, because Tree was sleeping over. Oh, uh, do does he have a name? Can we stop calling him Fine Vagina Kid, please? Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're mean. A car passes playing La Bamba for its horn, and he startles awake. He grabs his oh, neck. Course. He's clearly uncomfortable. He's been sleeping there all night, and he exits the car and heads up the road. He's barked at by a small dog led by a little granny who chastises the dog, and a homeless man jumps out of the bushes, asking if he has any change, and he declines. Thank you for setting up the time loop triggers, Danielle. <laughs> then he's almost run over by a skateboard. <laughs> he, <laughs> he makes his way across campus. The trombonist plays outside the dorms, and he gets yelled at to shut up. He enters the same dorm room from the previous morning carter in his storm room and right, he looks carter deject- was her boyfriend for right tree, to be clear. and looks dejected upon seeing tree and carter making out on the bed he's like i don't have to sit in my car again also they're being very rude tree now has a room to herself <laughs> since she murdered her roommate so they should be at her place doing all the nookie 100 percent agree however it's only just the next day so <laughs> there's that also, they're really over the trauma of her murdering her roommate slash friend. Real quick. <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh, she's dead. Ah, let's make out, you know. <laughs> to be fair, know. she's pra- Tree's practically a serial killer at this point. She's killed so many people so many times. Yeah, but she's also been, like, and been killed many times. Do you think that trauma would have some effect on her? Yeah, I think so. I guess maybe she's dealt with it along the loops. <laughs> what about the physical trauma that's supposed to be carrying through all the loops? Uh, we'll sort of get into that. I have questions okay. about that. <laughs> okay, good. I was going to make sure we didn't forget about that because they brought it up. You made a big point about it in the last episode. Well, because that's because like, at the end of it, she's like, I can't go on anymore. So it's like important, yeah, I guess, like, sort of. Yeah, but that was the only little thing that made it. Didn't, they never brought it up again. Like, apparently her organs were all mush, but yeah. it didn't make a difference. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm not sure this movie really covers that either, but here we are. All right. Sorry. Anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> Did he burst in and yell about fine vaginas again? No, he just comes in. He's like, oh, man, I just need some underwear. They're like, get out of here. And he's like, I can't sleep in my car again. <laughs> so he, he is totally out. in the right. Tree and yeah, Carter are the jerks. way I was like, this is my room. <laughs> it's not fair. <laughs> I live here. You didn't put a sock on the doorknob. Like, come on. Actually, there is a sign on the door because I have a whiteboard and it says occupied or something like that. Well, either way, like you can't just unilaterally evict somebody from their home when Agreed. you want to get some. For nook- multiple like, days now. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, if you want to have a hookup, you know, you say to your roommate, hey, can you do me a favor? And they agree. Fine. That's cool. That's like, you know, what you do for your roommate. But like, 
oh yeah, you're no longer ever allowed back in your room because I'm going to be using it continuously to be making out with this person 24-7. Exactly. That's not okay. That's not okay. Agreed. Also, wouldn't they get tired? That's a lot of nookie. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's only been one day, remember, for at least for Carter. I mean, a whole day is still a lot. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Well, she was sleeping for part of that. Did they just woken up? This is the morning. Man, they went right at it immediately. <laughs> so as he's leaving, fine, uh, fine vagina's phone goes off, and it's Samar. It says on the little caller ID, and the little uh, phone thing. Uh, what is it called? The ringtone says, "Oh my god, <laughs> oh boy. answer me, Ryan." So apparently, his name is Ryan. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad we learned the word ringtone and his name Ryan both at the same time. <laughs> I couldn't remember. It wasn't coming to my brain fast enough. <laughs> so he answers the phone. Samar tells him to get his butt over to the lab, which is apparently the science and engineering department lab, the quantum mechanics, to be specific. Oh, no. They're going to try to bring quantum mechanics into this? <laughs> so good, Sam. <laughs> Oh, all right. That's not even. He walks into the giant room, and inside of the giant room is like a Hoberman sphere, like a very big one. Did you say a Homer mitten sphere? No, a Hoberman. Hoberman sphere, okay. Yeah. And I couldn't remember what those were called, even though somewhere in my brain I knew it. And so I looked it up on Google by saying plastic connector circle ball that folds in and out. (laughs) Those are so, like, I remember those from, like, every museum gift shop. This has to have a name. <laughs> and surprisingly, Google, you are so good. <laughs> the first thing I mean, up was the Hoberman Danielle, sphere. I guarantee you are not the first person to have asked that question. Yeah, no, but I immediately brought up the Hoberman sphere. I was so proud of Google. <laughs> you should I mean, probably yourself providing it with such a clear descriptor. I didn't know how else to explain it. <laughs> exactly. See, everyone thinks the same way, and the computers, they know us too well. Yeah, it's creepy. Anyway... So, Ryan heads over to a computer, and he's like, whoa, and a girl's looking at it as well. Her name's Dre, and she's like, 0.7 millinewtons of energy. That's huge. I don't know if it is. No. <laughs> I mean, newtons aren't a measure of energy. They're a measure of force. Oh, well, well, that's what she says, Sam. I don't know to tell you. <laughs> Jewels are used for energy. <laughs> And it happened yesterday at 12.01 a.m., and they have no idea what set the device off. It's like it went off on its own. Mysterious. What, the, the, the Hoberman sphere, like, started, like, it somehow collapsed and expanded on its own without a child playing with it. Yeah, it lit up blue, and it, I don't know, does whatever a Hoberman sphere does. Did <laughs> <laughs> well, like get bit by a radioactive sphere? <laughs> Hoberman sphere, Hoberman sphere, does whatever a Hoberman sphere does. Yes, that. It does too many syllables. <laughs> They're interrupted by a guy slamming through the door. He's like, that's it. I've had it. And everybody runs out. But Ryan, it's the dean, the dean of the school. He's mad. That's not how deans work. (laughs) What is this? Like an 80s sex comedy? Like Animal House? What's going on? A little bit. Apparently, the device is causing rolling blackouts. You may remember in the last movie, there were several blackouts. Well, there was one blackout repeatedly. No, there was multiple. Well, yes, but there were, it was happening. It was happening regularly because they talked well, about it. Well, at the same time every day because it was a blackout and there was a time yes. loop. Right, but it was not the first time that that blackout had happened. Uh, I didn't know that. We only saw one day. I didn't really life. mention it because I forgot that it was like a pivotal part of the second movie. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> a couple things I forgot to mention, which I'll bring up as we go along because how am I supposed to know they're important? <laughs> <laughs> That's really fair. I guaranteed they didn't know they were important either and just like exactly. totally retconned it mm-hmm. yeah 
<laughs> so apparently the device is causing rolling blackouts, electrical issues across campus. And Ryan is like, you can't do anything about it. It's my thesis project. And the dean is like, it's uh, a failure. And since there's been no results, you can't keep working on it. Only things that make money can be continued. It's essentially okay. the conversation. couple of things. One, the dean can very much shut down a research project, regardless of whose thesis project it is. <laughs> Second, there is no way a dean who is not the advisor for the student would have that intimate a knowledge of his project. And third... Uh, I don't think he knows anything about his project. I think he's just like, this is causing all my electrical issues and, you know, we can't have this. I okay. talked to your professor. He says that at some point. He's like, we're shutting it down. Okay, fine. Third, the money thing, like research projects are what bring in grant money, so... <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently this is giving him no money, Sam. He's shutting it down. All right. I mean, what do I know about higher education? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. <laughs> nope. This movie, Not like you spent your life in it or anything. <laughs> no, this, this movie certainly knows more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> we should do more things in our field, Sam. Then we can complain more. Yeah, that'd be really convenient if we could do that. Well, next time, Danielle. Next time. <laughs> I'll try and bring in more college things. <laughs> Security is apparently coming by at 6 p.m. to collect the energy-sucking doohickey, quote-unquote. <laughs> Boy, there's so many ways that was not how that works, but you don't just throw away a multi-million dollar piece of equipment. You might disconnect it, but you... Oh, I'm well, sorry. apparently disconnecting is just unplugging it. So, you know, there's that. Yeah. All right. Let's move on because I have to deal with this. I can't sit here and nitpick how wrong this is about how you handle not only higher education, but also scientific equipment. <laughs> This is why I did this movie, Sam. I thought you'd appreciate the lack of... You're trying uh, to get a rise out of me, Danielle, and it's working. <laughs> the dean leaves, Sam. It's okay. The dean left. Oh, it's over. The scene's right. over. Uh, oh, okay, okay. That was a tough one, Danielle. I felt like I was drowning. <laughs> Ryan sits down on the couch. He's all upset about it. And his phone buzzes. And it's a text. And it's a picture of him sitting on the couch. Creepy. From a well, number of people. the girl who was just there, like, talking to him. She like, texts him, hey, you look sad. No, it was, there was, Samar was there, Andre was there. So there were two people there. Yeah, but they're gone now? They're gone, because as soon as the dean came in, one was like, I'm going to go get a churro. And the other one's like, I've got something else to do. Bye. <laughs> they leave. Well, that's true. A churro <laughs> is a worthy excuse, pretty much, for anything. Yeah. So he, 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 like, looks around, but he doesn't see anyone. And he starts to walk down the very empty, slightly dark hallway of this university. And Why he gets is everything another... so dark in this universe? <laughs> the hospital movie, had Sam. no staff and it was always dark. This <laughs> apparently well-populated university has no lights and no staff. Even though it's, what, like, 10 in the morning? <laughs> On a school <laughs> day? <laughs> Assumedly. I mean, maybe it's a Saturday. I don't... No, it's not. It's a Tuesday? It might be a Tuesday. It's like a Tuesday or a Friday, because wasn't it Thursday the, in, in the loop episode? I the next thought day, it was Friday. Monday. The, I thought it was Monday the 18th, but I could be wrong. Okay, maybe it's Monday. I don't remember, Danielle. Point is, it's definitely not a Saturday. <laughs> I think it must be a, like a Monday, because remember she was at a party the previous day? Not that sure. you have to. She was going to a party that same night, though. I, I don't know, Sam. I'm out of ideas. <laughs> I don't remember what college was like. It was so long ago. <laughs> it was two weeks ago, Danielle. I remember her name. What more do you want from me? <laughs> well, my college career wasn't two weeks ago. No, I mean, the episode was two weeks ago. I can't remember anything more than that. I was impressed you remembered all the names, frankly. Yeah. I was too, given that I did not think about this movie once between <laughs> Goldfish recording it and now. That's a shame. It's fun to watch. Okay, so he's walking down the hallway and he gets another picture of himself in the hallway. And he hears a noise and he walks into the chem lab for reasons again. I think he hears a noise. You hear a noise once you get into the chem lab. I don't know if he heard the noise before he went into the chem lab. So he's just in like the general sciences building that happens to have the physics lab next to the chemistry labs. Yes, the quantum whatever. Yes. 
They're great. Perfect. Brilliant design. Architecture's on point. It's not like those labs require different requirements or anything. No, they're big, two big different rooms. So he assumes it's his friends who ditched him, and he yells out that, like, like, while they were off playing games, their project got shut down, and he hopes that they're happy. And nobody obviously answers him, so he just keeps wandering the room looking for the source of the banging noise, which is coming from a storage closet. Question. Yes. Is Ryan supposed to be an undergraduate student or a graduate student? Great question. No idea. Great. Perfect. All right. Does it matter <laughs> I mean, to the plot of the story? <laughs> no, but I'm, it matters to the like importance of his thesis project because undergraduate theses are not quite – don't have the same weight or import as graduate theses. I'm going to assume that they're all undergraduates. They look young. Okay. Because he's like he's thinking they're really hard if it's just an undergraduate <laughs> thesis. Again, they're important, but it's not like, oh – this is, you know, your degree in a paper. Wow. This is really important to him, Sam, as we'll find out. Okay. So nobody answers, and he's, like I said, wandering the lab. He hears the noise coming from the storage closet, and he walks towards it and opens it's it a slowly and looks inside. And suddenly, Samar is behind him with a churro. <laughs> well, I mean, if I was going to be surprised by somebody, a churro is the best way to be surprised. <laughs> yeah. He screams. He's like, what the heck? And Samar was just trying to give him a piece churro. He's like, I got you a churro. <laughs> Aw. Aw, I ran away when the dude came in, but here's a churro as a peace offering. And suddenly, creepy baby face is behind him in the closet, and a knife appears, and Ryan screams as it's plunged into him. And he awakens in the car, gasping and searching for his body for wounds. This is why you don't have a creepy baby face mascot, because it's just going to inspire people to be serial killers. Absolutely. And the (laughs) LaBumba car passes him, and he frowns in confusion. Yeah, yeah, here we go. Loop starts over. Wash, rinse, repeat. I'm not going to go through it all from the previous morning. He enters his dorm. No, every element. The person to bear the bushes. It's the not really that relevant, I swear. I, it sounds like it'd be relevant. It's not. He then, enters- no, I need you to, to build the environment, build the atmosphere here. I don't have time like, for that, Sam. My notes me. are very long. <laughs> oh, oh dear. <laughs> so he enters his dorm room and when Carter tries to throw him out, he's like, no, 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 wait. I'm tripping right now. I'm having a serious case of deja vu. And Tree jumps out of bed and she glances over at Connor with big eyes and Ryan's phone rings. Oh my God, answer me, Ryan. And Tree is like, okay, breathe. The day reset when you died, right? Question. Yes. Sorry, but why does everyone in this universe make themselves the most <laughs> annoying ringtones? Because this was, I don't know. Actually, this was after annoying ringtones. I'm not sure. This is 2019. But like, why, because it's why very anyone, specific to the movie. <laughs> why would anyone want their phone to yell at them? Hey, you better answer me. Like, I would destroy my phone. Like, you don't tell I me what to, to do. I have to assume that the, like Samar is the one that put this on here. Why, why are people giving their phones to people to change their ringtones? He probably insane. didn't. He probably like, took it and did it himself. They're college students, Sam. Most things can be explained when you're 20. Mm, okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go with it, Danielle. <laughs> Uh, and Tree's like, okay, so the day reset when you died, right? And Ryan's like, yeah, some psycho dude in a baby mask killed me, but that was a dream, right? <laughs> and Tree looks over at Carter and is like, Tombs and Lori are dead, or whatever. Maybe Tombs is in jail. Maybe that wasn't the exact phrase. I don't know. Who's the killer? <laughs> <laughs> the point is, they're out of commission. Who's the killer? And Ryan this is like, This sounds Wait. like a job for the Hardy Boys. <laughs> yes, that's a whole other story. Ryan's like, what's going on? Explain to me. I need to know what's going on, please. <laughs> No kidding. And Tree recaps in a flashback montage the plot of the previous movie. So all everything I just did at the beginning of this podcast, you could have done here much more effectively. I mean, I could have said, okay, Sam, what happened in the previous movie? <laughs> that would be really funny to do a surprise recap in the middle of the episode. <laughs> Had I thought of it, that's where I would have made you do it. <laughs> <laughs> Next time. <laughs> 
And she ends her recap with, I thought I broke the loop, but it looks like I just passed it on to you and we're going to be stuck here until we learn how to actually stop it and what's going on. Is this basically It Follows where she like passes the curse on to the next person? Sort of. So Ryan is like, okay, I'm still dreaming. This is Inception. It's a dream within a dream. And Carter hits him in the nuts and is like, this is not a dream. And tree crap. That proves nothing. <laughs> you can get hurt in dreams. I don't think pinch me. Like, that doesn't work. You can be pinched in a dream. You can be kicked in the nuts in a dream. You can be slapped in a dream. You can have feelings in dreams. Yeah. And tree grabs baseball bat. lots of feelings in dreams. <laughs> and it's like, show me where you died. Cut scene to the chem lab. They look in the closet. There's nobody there. They head to the closet and open it, but nobody's there. So why don't you just tell me the plot of this movie, Sam? What happens next? Uh, Samar shows up with a churro. <laughs> uh, no. Well, sort of. The baby face yeah. mask appears behind Ryan, and Ryan swings on the mop, hitting him. But it's Samar who found the mask in the hallway, and yes, he has a churro. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Perfect. <laughs> You got any idea what happens next? <laughs> you look at Danielle. One psychic prediction is enough for me. I'm gonna take psychic. My... You knew what happened in the previous timeline. <laughs> yeah, but like, you would think the timeline would change. No, nope, nope. It's the same. Does the dean show up and be like, I'm pulling your funding, kid? <laughs> uh, yes, that's exactly what happens. And Tree is like, wait, what project? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. How am I writing this movie? <laughs> Got any idea what happens next? Well, first off, I want to acknowledge that this movie has the same problem with synchronicity as the previous movie, where the Dean has now come in after Samar went to get the churro, even though the Dean coming is the event that precipitated. Well, I assume he has to have find them in this one since they're not in the other lab. So maybe he wandered the hallways looking for him. Yeah, but then why would Samar run off to get a churro and then come back while the Dean was still wandering the hallways? Uh, well, maybe he didn't have a churro. I don't know. I don't remember if he had the churro in his hand. Maybe he just jumped out at him for funsies. Anyway, they show her the, the Hoberman sphere, and she's like, aha, I figured it out. It's quantum mechanics. It's thoughtful for everything, because we don't uh, understand what quantum mechanics is. Give or take, but I'm going to tell you the story anyway, because it's important. <laughs> I mean, Danielle, you can do it a lot better than I am, than me making this up. <laughs> so it's called uh, the Sisyphus Quantum Cooling Reactor. They call it Sissy for short. I hate it's, that. <laughs> it's proton lasers. Okay, so this is the explanation. Whoa. Sam. What? <laughs> Proton lasers fire and cool the centrifuge to almost below one nanokelvin, and they're trying to prove that time can be slowed down on a molecular level. Okay. That's all Where I got. do I begin? <laughs> it's all the only explanation I have for you, Sam. I can't explain anymore. Laser protons don't form lasers. We can start there. Like, you can't have, it's a particle beam, not a, a laser beam. Lasers are specifically light. Let's be clear about that. <laughs> That's right in the name, light amplification, right? It's the first two letters of laser. I live for stupid science for you. I know, it's so good. Uh, second, boy, uh, centrifuge, is the Hoberman sphere in the centrifuge? Uh, the centrifuge is in the center of the Hoberman sphere. Sure, why not? All right. <laughs> There's like a ball in the center of it. One of these days, Danielle, I'm going to do the movie The Core for you because that has some truly amazing bad science in it. And I love it. All right. Well, all this is happening, but it hasn't worked sure. yet. But surprisingly, it has not worked yet. <laughs> so they're trying to slow down time on the molecular level using proton, proton lasers, lasers, and lasers and a centrifuge. And I mean, laser cooling is a thing. So I guess points for that. <laughs> uh, they did find some promising data and the device fired the other night at 12.01 yesterday. Monday, the 18th. See, I was right. Yeah, it's Tuesday. Got it. <laughs> okay. Tree, well glare, <laughs> tree glares at him, and Ryan is like, "What?" She's like, "You created the time loop, dummy." I would not jump to that conclusion. Well, apparently, 
that's what happened. I mean, sure. to be fair, you don't know why you're in a time loop, but then you find a device that's trying to like mess with time and it went off at exactly the time that keep resetting for you. And that is, that's fair. <laughs> I mean, I would assume. <laughs> Got to a meeting of all the characters. They're discussing the potential of a time loop and what to do. Tree is like, it's super fun. You're going to die again and again and again. And Tree tells them they have to figure out how to stop it from happening again. And he's like, well, we don't know how it fired on its own. It shouldn't have been able to in the first place. Two things. Yes. One, why is Tree assuming that he's going to have the same fanatical and creative killer that she had that was able to improvise in just amazing and impossible ways that keep killing her even though she like kept dodging the kills? I don't think they know much now except that obviously he died and got reset. So clearly right. there's some kind of killer after him. Yeah, but that doesn't mean like, okay, my killer managed to like rig up an amazing magic music box after they missed their first opportunity. Maybe yours is going to give up after the first attempt doesn't work. Yeah, maybe. I'm not... I assume that the killer didn't know they were in a time loop either. Yeah, of course In the not. previous movie, yeah. I had a second point, but I forgot it was. So, let's move on. <laughs> so, she says, on the plus side, you'll just keep coming back. I died 11 times. And Ryan is like, no way. I don't want to do that. That hurts. Like, we need to come up with a better solution than dying over and over. <laughs> yes. Also... That movie only had 11 loops total? That's what I thought, too. I was like, it seemed like it was forever, man. So there were like 40 loops because they had a whole montage. Yeah, it was crazy. I would love to go back and actually count the number of times. I wonder if that's true. It might very well be correct, which would be crazy. Well done movie if that's true. Uh, Carter's like, listen, we just need to wait it out in the safest place. Like if we can just not, which is what you think they would have done in the first place, as we discussed in the previous movie, is like find a place to wait it out. Which apparently his idea for a safe place is a basketball game surrounded by tons of people and babies people in masks <laughs> okay terrible idea is there an assumption that the magic quantum hoberman sphere is creating the serial killers that are killing these people like it seems very coincidental that two different people are being targeted by baby face killers that happens to put them in a time loop at the you know one day apart sam we'll find out okay. later on okay, sorry. Happy Death Day to you. <laughs> to me? To you. Oh, thank you. Yes, you're welcome. Anytime. Uh, so, her dad's, uh, they're at the, the basketball game. Her dad sends her a picture of her mom that he found, and Tree looks sad while well, she's looking at it. As you remember, her mom passed away. I'm not sure if that was said in the recap. It was not because it was important to the movie anyway. Okay, well, it's important. And her mom passed oh, okay. away. <laughs> and Tree looks sad as she's looking at the picture and a reminder that her mom had the same birthday as she did, which is why she was having such a hard time with her birthday on the previous movie. Um, she had passed away just a few years prior. And Tree looks at it and she tells Carter that she thought she was stuck in the time loop for some cosmic reason, like to confront her mom's death or something like that. And instead yeah. it just ends up that it's some fluke of science. And Carter points out that he doesn't think it makes it a mean any less like that she was able to you know work through stuff just because of that not you know right, doesn't right. Matter if because it was you because have something science. external helping you work through your trauma doesn't mean your breakthrough is any less meaningful exactly and as they're talking about that the fire alarm goes off and everyone has to evacuate down creepy creepy hallways <laughs> why, why the hallways are so creepy this is insane. Why is this school operating? Where do they have the budget for magic quantum laser sphere? I don't know, but there are babies everywhere in these hallways. But Sam, not light bulbs. Yeah, it's, I mean, there's lights. It's, it reminds me of like the hallways that the people who are playing the games come through, you know, when you always see like the football teams coming through. Oh, yeah, yeah, the tunnels that they enter through. 
Yeah, they kind of look more tunnel-y, but I don't know why all the people who are at the game would be exiting through there. You think they'd just be going through, like, doors? <laughs> doors? They are exist They, they exist for a reason. <laughs> it seems weird to me. I don't recall having to go through long hallways to ever get to a game of any kind. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but anyway, there are babies everywhere, and Ryan gets separated from their group because they're terrible friends. And yeah. he sees the black-headed baby turn to look at him from, like, they're in front. You know, there's, like, people everywhere, and one of the babies turns around and stares straight at him and he's like oh god and he starts to run and they're obviously heading upstream like little salmon trying to spawn <laughs> thank you Neil, <laughs> i'm just giving you a, a visual <laughs> yeah and he makes it ryan makes it back to the gym and runs through the no light hallways to a room full of sportswear and babies like it's mannequins baby masks, or like man like baby masks that are on mannequins like there's mannequins with sportswear why is this baby school heads. a horror I don't show i don't know but my next line is this college is a horror show <laughs> excellent yeah, we're on the same page <laughs> That's what i wrote my notes i was like what the heck <laughs> this dean must be jigsaw because there's no other explanation for why this school is set up in such an insane way yeah, it's wild. And of course, creepy baby face jumps out of the babies and tries to stab him. But Tree appears from behind, smacking him with the trophy. And baby face falls to the ground. Knocked Dead. out. No, knocked out. Kill him quick before he recovers. Well, they want to see who it is first. So they reach down both. to pull the mask off. Any, any ideas? Old man Jenkins. Yes, how did owns you a haunted know? amusement park. <laughs> <laughs> Could have gotten away from it if it wasn't for those pesky kids. No. Those any pesky other? time looping kids. <laughs> any other ideas? Uh, Samar. No, it's Ryan. Ryan's looking at Ryan, Sam. Ugh, it's so stupid. <laughs> Plot twist. Is it? <laughs> well, you didn't expect it. You didn't say Ryan, now did you? I mean, that's, that's, you got me there. Sure, it's a twist. Let's, let's go. <laughs> Good job, Shyamalan. Let's move on. <laughs> So they tie Ryan up, Ryan 2, and they go back to the lab. Ryan 2 awakens and is like, oh, this isn't good, and explains that he was trying to close the time loop, but got knocked into another parallel time loop, and they're all in very serious danger. Dun, dun, dun! So the only way to reset the loops is through murder. Yeah. The longer they exist in the same dimension, the worse things will get. It's the butterfly effect. So they have to kill wait, Ryan. Wait, 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 oh, wait, 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 you can't just say the longer they exist in the same dimension. You mean Ryan 1 and Ryan 2 are now in the same dimension and this is a different dimension than normal. It's the only way to solve the problem is to kill off one of them so that they are only one existence dimension? I think so. Okay. Mm, sure. I'm just trying to wrap my head around what, th what this is trying to say. <laughs> so Ryan 2 is like, you have to kill Ryan 1. And Ryan 1 is like, what? Me? No. Screw that. Kill him. Kill Ryan 2. Like, why does it have to be me? Yeah. Either way, you get rid of the extra Ryan. <laughs> yeah. It's like... uh was it Time Cop or no, The One, the Jet Li movie, The One, where they have to like kill all the other ones out and you get their power? Oh, I think I saw that at your house. Probably. I <laughs> <laughs> recollection of that. Uh, Ryan, too, is like, you're wasting your time, just kill him. And Ryan is like, no, I will kill him and I'll do it myself. And he goes over to the computer and starts up Sissy. Why this is the solution? I don't know. Why you can't just stab him? He's tied up. <laughs> magic proton laser centrifuge cooler to kill the person sitting in the chair when I have a lot of perfectly serviceable blunt objects right at hand. <laughs> so Ryan 2 is freaking out. He's like, don't start it up. And Ryan is one is like, I designed this. I know what I'm doing. And Ryan 2 no, is like, you no, don't. you don't. You don't know what you're doing. And they're all trying to stop him. Like, they're like, yeah, this is a bad idea, Ryan. Don't do it. Why is he starting up? What is the point of it? Like, I like, don't know. <laughs> just, duh. 
Because it's interesting. So meanwhile, (laughs) meanwhile, the dean walks in to collect the device with security. Apparently it's 6 p.m. And he starts trying to hit them with a wrench. Like he like Ryan grabs a wrench and he's trying to like hit the security guards away. And then as the machine warms up and starts initializing, there's a countdown timer, Sam. Of course, there's a countdown timer. There's a big red (laughs) button that says abort. Yes. And then a force wave. Yeah. And then a force wave. Perfect. And then a force wave explodes outward as Ryan, too, escapes and tries to hit it with a chair. And then they all float in slow motion to a lovely rendition of the flower duet. Aww, sounds yeah. lovely. It is. It's a good scene. I like when they do, like, weird music to action sequences. It's one of my favorite movie weird things. Tropes. Yeah. yeah. You know, look, I don't know if this movie is going to be any better than the first one. I think It's great. <laughs> I mean, I, it sounds like it's falling into the rabbit hole of trying to over-explain itself and thereby making less sense. Yes, it's fabulous. These Perfect. are such a good duet of movies, I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. One is like a fun little horror romp, and the other one is like a weird sci-fi horror sci-fi romp. Sci-fi horror romp, yeah. It's yeah, great. great. <laughs> Highly Excellent. recommend. Double feature. Cut to black as the power goes out. The bell tolls. Tree wakes up in bed and looks startled, like in the doorbell. Is she bed. in the loop now? And Carter's like, oh, hey, I didn't know if you wanted to sleep in or not. And her phone goes off. It's my birthday. I don't got to pick up the phone. It's my birthday. I don't got to pick up the phone. But we established in the last episode that she did not change her ringtone after her birthday. No, it is, it, it's her birthday. She's like, uh, no effing way. And she storms to the door screaming for Ryan. Like she just yells down the hallway because she knows he's coming anyway. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and he walks in looking deeply concerned. And she's like, how could you do this to me? I just got out and you sent me back. And they're all very confused. And she is freaking out. Understandably. I mean, I would be very angry at Ryan because there was no reason for you to activate the dang thing in the first place. <laughs> exactly. Finally, she screams into a pillow and does her little like calm down zen and is like, okay, I'm okay. You're going to fix this now. We're going to your lab. We're going to turn on Sissy and we're going to figure out how to fix this. Why turn on Sissy again? Maybe turn off Sissy. Also, (laughs) maybe get rid of Lori. Kill her again because clearly you're still in danger. We're we're getting through this, Sam. You'll see. Ryan's like, wait, how do you know about Sissy? And she screams at them to get a move on it. She's like, everybody out. Let's go. And storms through the quad outside uh, the dorm. (laughs) Walking through all the previous movies nonsense. So you've got all the stuff you described. The beer... For bottles of beer on the wall. That song, man. <laughs> Four thousand nine hundred ninety-nine bottles of beer on the wall for twenty-six <laughs> hours. The sprinklers, everything, everything's going off again, and she is like screaming at them. She's just angry. <laughs> I would be pretty funny, livid. actually. Yeah. yeah, no, that's totally fair. <laughs> like she just looks at the guy who faints and screams in his face and walks off. <laughs> like, get up. <laughs> And she finally makes it back to the dorm. And they're like, why are we here? And she's like, I have some business I need to take care of. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I got you to forget about Lori. <laughs> and she enters the dorm. Danielle doesn't approach her, which confuses her. Because as you remember, Danielle always like came up right as she walked in and was like, hey, where have you been? Use a condom, blah, blah, blah. And uh, Danielle doesn't approach her. And it kind of like makes her pause and look back. And she's like, that's weird. And then she walks up to her room. And Lori is inside. He's like, oh, you finally made it home. And says hi to Carter. And Tree kind of looks over at them. Because she's like, that's weird. You don't know Carter. Why would you be saying hi? Different universe. She doesn't want to kill her in this one. (laughs) Uh, But she kind of ignores it and she asks Lori where her poison cupcake is. And she goes, where's my cupcake? The one you poisoned. (laughs) Like anybody's going to answer that. Like, oh, here it is. It's under this nice little cloche. Let me lift up the lid. Oh, here you go. Bon appetit. Lori obviously has no idea what she's talking about. And she doesn't know what Danielle put her up to, but she doesn't have time. She is a double at work. So she gets her stuff and she leaves the room. 
And Tree is like, uh, something's wrong. This is not, this is not how it's supposed to happen. Cut scene to them at the cafeteria. And she's explaining the story to Ryan and Carter. I swear, if this happens to be like some kind of weird, like evil doppelganger or like body swap or like Tombs' consciousness is going into glory because well, of be Sissy. <laughs> yeah. Where it's like, oh, he is the one who's actually doing the murdering and he's just in- inhabiting her because of Sissy. No, that's the fun. third one. Oh, happy death. Day 3D? Probably. I mean, what else would it be? <laughs> Happy I'd watch Death that. Day Terrible Threes. <laughs> no, it's Terrible Twos. Well, we'll figure it out. So she's explaining the story and they're like, oh, this is like Back to the Future, which she hasn't heard of. <laughs> Funny. And suddenly is like, wait, does this mean that there's two of me in this reality? Uh, like in my reality? And Ryan's like, no, I doubt that. It's almost impossible to create a holographic universe. A holographic universe. That's what he calls it. Oh, great. Perfect. Okay, <laughs> let's just move on past that there. <laughs> Moriarty. He says she's probably stuck in a quantum cyclic dimension because the other, other you, probably got knocked into a parallel dimension in the multiverse. And Tree is like, oh, good. Thanks for clearing that up. This Very is the most BS thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> It is just techno babble out the butt. And Ryan's like, wait, you've never heard of the multiverse theory? And Tree is like, do I look like I know what a multiverse is? Uh, so now we're going to really, we're going to really trite and cinematic explanation of what the multiverse theory is, aren't we? Yeah, I'm not going to explain it. Basically, he folds a napkin up and does some explaining. And then... That's a wrinkle in time when they do the Tesseract. <laughs> It folds uh, uh, basically about how she woke up on the same day, but in another dimension, hence the anomalies. And as they're talking, Danielle walks up to the table and Tree is like, oh, no, I forgot about the house meeting. Because you may remember that there was one that she periodically may or may not have gone to uh, with the girl who had the chocolate milk and the bad breakfast. She's like, oh, I forgot about the house meeting. But Danielle actually breezes past her and goes to Carter. And she goes, hey, babe. And they kiss as Carmina Barada for Tuna plays. And Tree stares in horror. But she just woke up in Carter's room. She did. We'll get to that, Sam. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Go on. Oh, no. Her boyfriend's dating someone else in this dimension. To be fair, she's been dating Carter for all of you Less know, than six hours. hours. And yeah. no hours in this one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, like, she has no claim on anything here. Yeah, but she's in love with him because, you know, she's now spent several, not two weeks with him. <laughs> and he had such a personality in that two weeks that he spent well, the same day over and over. he was more prevalent than, like, in the movie that I told his story to be. Okay. <laughs> he just didn't have, like, a whole lot of stuff going on, so I didn't, like, bring up everything they had and did and said. Anyway, Danielle says hi to Ryan and then slips on a pair of sunglasses, reaching out like she can't see anything. You know, she's, like, touching stuff like she can't see it. And she takes them off and she looks at them and she asks them if that looked realistic because she's auditioning for a role in The Miracle Worker. And okay. She, <laughs> we'll get there. She asks if they knew that Anne Frank was both blind and deaf. And Carter's like, Anne oh. Frank. She's like, Carter is like, oh, sweetie, you know, that's Helen Keller. <laughs> okay. I'm about to say, if this universe is like, no, no, in this universe, Anne Frank and Helen Keller were swapped. No, it's just Danielle being kind of a moron. And Great. Danielle is like, oh, well, whatever. I think acting blind is harder than being blind. <laughs> She's oh, <laughs> and 
she finds. I know she's really bad, but it's mm, the funny thing is in this like movie they make fun of several things, but it's always like very cheeky and self-aware, and all the other characters are like, oh no, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> as long as everyone knows Danielle yeah, is terrible. She finally mentions the house meeting to Tree, and Tree's like, I am so sorry, I didn't mean to miss it, and Danielle waves it off, telling, Oh, it's your birthday, you girls get a free pass, and then changes the topic to the art fair, which is a fundraiser, and how excited she is to work with the kids and you know do good things and trees. So I feel at- like a decent person kind of an idiot yeah so trees looking at her like she's grown a second head like what the heck man <laughs> <laughs> okay so this universe is so let me ask you this question because i know what the answer is already in the previous movie were there any other anomalies that changed that would have indicated alternate universes mm, no the story okay, is basically good. like well, as far as i know I mean, I'm sure they I'm sure they could retcon that if they wanted to and like make it seem like that. But I, like not the top of my head. I don't remember anything specific. Okay, So they definitely made this up on the fly. <laughs> Probably. So Tree's phone rings. It's your birthday. You don't have to answer the phone. And it's Tree's dad. <laughs> so she picks it up this time and is like, yeah, I'm on my way. I'm so sorry. I'll be there in just a little bit and heads out, obviously, to the breakfast, lunch, whatever they were doing. It was lunch. Brunch. Brunch. But not before she stops to whisper in Ryan's ear to meet her at the lab at 3 p.m. to figure out how to get out of the situation before it gets any worse. She's obviously very upset that her so-called boyfriend is dating her best friend slash nemesis. Frenesis. This is really a word. For a friend and an enemy. Uh, We'll figure it out someday. (laughs) She makes it to lunch with her dad, and the server comes over to ask if they want to order. And the dad's like, Oh, we're just waiting for one more person. So it's her mom. Yes. Tree is confused, but as the server leaves, she sees her mom coming to the table and she freaks out, obviously, running to her. And the mom's very confused. Honey, please, I just saw you the other day. Yeah, she's not like that. She's like, oh, that's nice, sweetie. I'm, I'm glad you're happy to see me. But, you know, this hug <laughs> gives her a big hug. Like, Tree gives her a big hug and is, like, crying. And <laughs> I haven't seen you in years. <laughs> she doesn't say it like that, but yeah. She tries okay, to, like, well, hold it again together. <laughs> She's a good actress. Cut to Sissy. Everyone is gathered as Dre looks it over, fixing something, something on it. And she tells Ryan to try it again. And Ryan pushes a button and the lights flicker and the machine glows a mysterious blue. It's charging. And he's yelling a countdown for dramatic effect. What? Okay, sure. Great. Perfect. (laughs) Tree runs in screaming and slaps the giant red stop button. (laughs) I'm so glad there's one there. And Ryan is like, dude, what? I thought you wanted this. And she's like, I've changed my mind. Don't do it. Don't send me back. Don't want to go. My mom is more important than my boyfriend. Exactly. Which fair. <laughs> so cut to outside and she asks Carter why he didn't tell her about Danielle. And he's confused, noting that they live in the same house. And he thought that she knew they are good friends after all. <laughs> fair point. Yeah. And she wonders why she spent the night at his dorm then. And he explains that she was super wasted and he was just concerned that she's going to like throw up on herself or something. And so he slept in the other bed and he had just taken her in for the night because he's trying to be a decent person. Yeah, like he said in the last movie. Yeah. And she's like, you know what? It's fine. It's fine. You're, you can date Danielle. My mom's here. Lori isn't trying to kill me. This is the better version of my life, right? And Carter's like, wait, in the other dimension where we like, you know... He didn't say together, but that's where he's like, ooh, I'm into this. He's like, wait. (laughs) And as he's talking, she looks over his shoulder and she sees Dr. McCheaterface, Professor Dr. McCheaterface. Thank you for his full title. (laughs) Arguing with his wife in the background. And she looks at them kind of curiously and then, you know, gets a little worked up and she's like, I can't do this right now. I need to go. And so she leaves. That's fair. I don't know what the whole situation with him is at the moment anyway. That's true. Well, 
if Lori's not trying to kill her, that mean Lori is hooking up with Professor Doctor McTutorface. Maybe we'll find out okay. this week on Happy Death Day to you by Booker to Tort. me Smoker Torts. <laughs> <laughs> to me. To you. To me. A very happy death day to you. No. No. Okay. No, we're not doing that song. <laughs> we'll get sued so quickly. <laughs> It's a parody of it. It's fine. Oh, okay. That's the well, rule. I'll let you handle the lawyers then. <laughs> Cut to tree, looking through her phone pictures and videos, and she is disturbed that none of the memories are hers. Like she's the alternate version of reality right. oh, of I got hers. It. Yeah. yeah. She sees all these photos. Like I remember taking that picture. Yeah. And Danielle interrupts just as she did in the previous timeline, telling her to make sure she's at that party, the surprise party that night for her birthday. And as before, the power goes out as they're talking. And that reminds Tree about the night's activities in her own dimension, which was Tombs the Murderer, as you might recall. <laughs> was he the murderer? I thought Lori was the murderer. He is a murderer. I mean, he... The reason why he was in the hospital with the cop was he'd killed six people. Right, sure. But, like, he doesn't kill her. I mean, he does in one of one or two of the versions. Oh. Okay, I can't keep straight, Because man. she goes after him. I think if she wasn't oh. at the hospital, it wouldn't happen. Got it. Okay. All right. Sorry. So, so she remembers that tomb exists is basically what happens. Yeah. She's like, oh, no. Like, is he in this reality, too? So she turns on the TV to the news station. And sure enough, she finds a news report. And that you know, this guy's at the hospital. He's just murdered six women, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, well, oh, my God. that's not a problem as long as Lori isn't going to release him to try to kill her. Yes. Possibly. So she's, But she doesn't know. She doesn't know the situation. She doesn't fully trust Lori yet, I think. Fair. That's fair. She did get murdered by Lori many Both times. times, right? She's like, oh my God, he's still here. And she runs to the understaffed hospital once again. And it's still dark. Uh, in this dimension, they don't have uh, money either. And there's so they only. They fixed the lights in this dimension, apparently. <laughs> there is no lights. And the one night nurse is reading a book at the desk, just like before. <laughs> the one universal concept is that hospitals will be understaffed and underpowered. Uh, which, I mean, is not untrue, but there's always more <laughs> yeah. than one person. <laughs> Apparently not. The universal constant, Danielle. Conservation of nurses or something. <laughs> Sam, I told you I've spent overnights in the hospital. It is a busy time. <laughs> no, I, I believe this movie is quite clear that conservation of nurses, once you start splitting nurses over multiple universes, you start to run out of them. That must be it. So she tells the night nurse, as she did before, Toomes is going to escape. Get help. And she runs past the night nurse. And the night nurse is like, wait, what? <laughs> and then she tries but to tell the- we don't know that in this universe. <laughs> she tries to tell the cop not to go into the room, but doesn't uh, catch him in time. And she breaks open the emergency glass to get the axe and heads into the room, ready to kill. And he's tied up on the bed and it's fine. No, the room once again looks empty. But the toilet flushes and the cop comes out, very surprised. And he pulls a gun on her and makes her drop the axe. Smart. And then he arrests her as she's trying to tell him about how her roommate is helping Tubes escape to frame her for murder. She doesn't know that <laughs> happened with that. Like, again, how do you understand this concept? What happened in the last universe does they mean what's going to happen in this universe? I don't know. Cop's not buying it. Doesn't matter. Her and mother reappeared. <laughs> she's still not grokking this? Well, I mean, he's still a murderer. But yeah, he may not be escaping or anything in this universe. Yeah. Why would Lori be helping him unless she was trying to use him to kill her, which is the whole point. Anyway, whatever. Well, she freaks out. I mean, you might too, I guess, if... I mean, it would be confusing. I'm not saying I would have, like, a... I'd be the coolest cucumber if I was, you know, universe jumping and I was being murdered constantly. I admit that would mess with me, <laughs> but I'm not sure I'd go quite this far, but who knows? So he's like, no, that's not happening because he just got taken down to the OR. He can't be. He's in operation. <laughs> like, he's and, under anesthesia and everything. Yeah, well, he, 
oh, look, we should be at some point. Like, he just got taken down. So as he's requesting, like, he's taking her up the hallway, he's requesting assistance, and creepy baby face then rushes him, stabbing the cop dead as Tree screams and runs off, still handcuffed. Perfect. Maybe the cop was time jumping, too, and that was his doppelganger. Hilarious. That'd be funny. Be funny if everybody <laughs> just had a double. <laughs> like, that's what happening randomly. Like, everyone's starting getting, like, oh, well, when the universe magic pyramid sphere did its thing, everyone got doppelgangered. And now they're all trying to murder each other the only one. <laughs> so she makes it to the elevator and turns to yell at Babyface. She's like, I know it's you, Lori. And then it's the, not el- Lori. the elevator opens behind her and Lori's in the elevator. Yeah, of course. And Lori like How freaks she out. Not get this? <laughs> Lori's like, oh my God. And she pulls her in and like traps her in the elevator and it's like slamming the button trying to shut the door. You can't Saving see all my hand life, movements, but I would like you to know that I uh, explain everything with my hands. And so I'm very dramatic as I'm recapping these stories. What we should do, Danielle, is you should take a little video of yourself with your hand movements and post that to Twitter so you can see. I could if I wanted that. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, couldn't do that. Okay, fine. I tried, everyone. Just I tried. imagine that I was pushing the button of the elevator multiple times with my hands. <laughs> Jeez, Danielle, my visual imagination is very weak. I can't imagine what that's like without seeing it. I'm sure. Anyway, so she's trying to get the door closed, and it does, just in time. Dun, dun, dun. So as they're going up in the elevator, it's suddenly the power goes out, and it stops. Yeah, that'll happen. cut the power. I don't know. Babyface oh, has isn't magic. The, uh, blackout? All right, cool. I don't know. No, because blackout happened earlier, remember, when she was I talking to there were more than one blackout. Yeah, but not in that. I don't think in that scene. I think just in general, there have been multiple okay. blackouts. Because when, when the blackout happens in that uh, movie, they're like, oh, this keeps happening, essentially. Oh, Like, nobody okay. was surprised by it. Like, Danielle it was, like was always days, like... Not multiple blackouts in the same day. Yeah, every time it happens in the movie, Danielle's like, oh, our tuition dollars at work. You know, like, like it's just happened a few times. Apparently, the tuition dollars are going to Haberman spheres that are or magic quantum proton lasers that don't exist. It must be it, yes. So, Lori manually pushes open the door, and lo and behold, they're on a floor under construction. <laughs> Why is this construction <laughs> floor back in this, in this in this hospital? Well, even like I, I appreciate this movie because it's like it knew it was like a little out of hand in the last one. Because even Tree's like, "What the heck is this floor?" And she's like, "Oh, this must be one of the ones that's under construction." <laughs> like they're like yeah, trying to explain works. it away. <laughs> you're like, "Yeah, you're right. That is really weird." <laughs> And there's like all that, like it looks like a uh, scene from Dexter. Like there's all the plastic cheating that's everywhere. Perfect for murdering. Yeah, Stab or that dime. one episode of Buffy where they all their nightmares come to life. Anyway, Xander's being chased by the cloud. It looks a lot like that scene. Tell me more about this Buffy episode, Danielle. I know you really want to. <laughs> nope, that was it. Okay, <laughs> that was the plot summary. All their like stuff comes to life. What was Willow's fear? Oh, she had to be. She had to sing opera in front of people. She didn't want to sing publicly. That's pretty weak sauce. <laughs> it was pretty funny though. <laughs> she's a terrible okay. singer. <laughs> sure, in but real like, life, if that's your greatest fear, and everyone's like, "Oh, I'm getting murdered," like I don't want to sing. I always wonder in those kinds of stories, like, what if your greatest fear is something very non-tangible, intangible? Uh, yeah, I'm afraid of like loneliness or nothingness, the bleak or, yeah, nihilism like, or something. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Which I think is more true for more people. Like, it's not not everybody yeah. has a tangible, like, I'm afraid of spiders fear, you know? Yeah, they're more like, you know, the general creeping dread of human existence is generally the, the larger fear that we all share. Or what if it was something that, like, you can't, like, I am not a huge fan of whales, so I've gotten much better. But where are you going to put a whale in a school if you're, like, running around a school? So the swimming like, pool, Danielle, like, come on. Why would you end up at the swimming pool? I guess you're being chased by Because your by nightmare the drove you there. <laughs> 
And then there's a whale, and you're like, okay, well, there's a whale. <laughs> there's a whale in the pool. It's like, I can barely move. This is <laughs> I awful. I don't know if it would be that terrifying. You'd be like, well, that's weird. <laughs> You'd be like, oh, whale, I'm so sorry. It's so sad. That's salt water because it's chlorine. You're not going to do too well. I'd feel bad for the whale. Like, I don't <laughs> exactly. think that would scare me. <laughs> And it's not it's not a it's not a scary nightmare, Daniel. It's a sad nightmare. <laughs> oh, those are the worst. I know. Anyway. Whoa. That was a that was a quite a little tangent. <laughs> that was your fault, because I did all I did was just say it was like that Buffy episode. You ran with it. Yeah, well, you're welcome. <laughs> oh, okay. So Lori thinks there's an emergency exit on the other end. And so they walk through the because you haven't helped, it's on that end. <laughs> Why would there not be an emergency exit on the end where you have the elevator? Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. So they walk through the construction, Lori grabbing a sledgehammer as they go. And Lori's walking ahead as they like go through all the sheets and you know, go around the corners, and suddenly she stops and Tree looks at her. She's like, Did you hear something? And Lori slowly turns around and a knife is sticking out of her chest. Blood pours out of her mouth and she falls to the ground as Babyface appears from behind a plastic curtain in front of her. Tree runs for it uh, as okay. Babyface goes after I mean, her with I a sledgehammer. Babyface here. I mean, there was no part of me that didn't Babyface to somehow magically be on this floor ahead of them. It's great. She makes it to the stairwell and up to the roof, but as she's running while looking behind her, she runs off the roof. That's hilarious. I love that. That's amazing. She awakens back in the dorm and she's like, rookie move, Tree. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's that's, that's amazing, Danielle. That's really good. This has some good death scenes in it. You're like, yeah, okay. (laughs) They had more fun with it, I think. Yeah, no, honestly, I would absolutely do that. (laughs) (laughs) She immediately asks Carter what dimension she's in and Carter's like, wait, what? (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's going to work. I mean... At least she's understanding she's a different dimension, I guess. But why is she assuming people are going to understand the heck she's it's talking just, I about? I don't think she does. She's just like, this movie, I don't, it doesn't get a good, uh, it does, you don't get a good sense of it in my recap because it's just hard to do, but she's very sarcastic and it's very, like, it's, it. a, it's a funny movie. She's just doing this for herself, not yeah, for Yeah, she's like a lot Got of it. like talking to herself and mumbling and just being sassy about things that nobody else has any understanding of because she's the only one repeating things. Love it. She asks, she's like, how could you end up with Danielle? And he's like, she's nice. Isn't Danielle your best friend? What's your problem? (laughs) Fair question. Stop being a jealous Nelly. And Ryan pushes into the room asking about fine vagina. And she's like, you, meet me in your lab in an hour. Let's go. (laughs) I'm so glad that Ryan hasn't changed at all, even though he knows his roommate has seen someone else. But he doesn't. This is the same night over, so... No, Ryan knows. Yeah, I, I don't know why he like, comes in. Because she actually gives cause she gives Carter a hard time about that. Like, oh, yeah, you're, like, you know, close to Danielle, are you? <laughs> He's coming in here asking if you got laid. Right, that's my point. Like, I assume that uh, Ryan knows that Carter's dating Danielle. Yeah, I think like, he's just being, you know, a guy. No offense. Well, a certain kind of guy. A certain kind of guy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Cut to the lab. She's clearly filled them in and she tells Ryan that she needs to stay in this dimension. So he has to close the loop. And Ryan says to close the loop, they'd need to rule out every variable with a lot of trial and error to figure out what, what will close the loop. What? What? I don't know, Sam. (laughs) Sam, I don't know. (laughs) I don't understand any of the science in this movie. (laughs) Look, I don't mind if the science doesn't make any sense, but once they start trying to explain it, like try to give it a rationale, 
then you're just opening yourself up to criticism. That's, That's your own fault great. at that point. <laughs> <laughs> like, I understand the concept of multiple dimensions or whatever, like multiverses. I do not understand, sure. like, this part of it. Maybe somebody does. Listeners, if anybody understands this yeah. part of the movie, feel free. Let us know. There are many movies that do, you know, BS multiverse stuff. You know, like, keep it vague enough that you don't, like, you don't have time to think about how dumb it is. <laughs> Right. Well, I think they're doing this because they need more time for the plot to happen. And so the group says it'll be days, maybe even weeks of work to rule out all the different variables. But what if if what she's saying is true, they won't have a way to keep a record of their progress because they won't remember day to day what they've learned from the previous day, right? Well, does she only loop when she dies? What if they just like don't let her die for a day? It uh, They've never been able to successfully not let her die or in any of the renditions. Interesting. All right. We'll see how that plays out. Yeah. She's anytime that anything's happened, she's always ended up dying somehow. I get, I get, we talked about that last time that like, you know, what if you just got out and didn't, you know, you were in a cabin in the woods and they like didn't know where you were. How would that end? How do they pick who dies? I mean, like how did the thing get passed to Ryan and previously? And then why is it back on tree? Um, I think it went to Ryan because there were two Ryans. So Ryan was trying to kill Ryan one, or Ryan two was trying to kill Ryan one. Yeah, but why is it back to Tree then? I don't know. Magic of the Hoberman Sphere. Okay, great. There's something I was. I thought there was something I might be missing here. Not to uh, why the, the loop is happening to one person or the other. I think so, just because it's more interesting plot wise. I don't know the answer to that, Sam. All right, fine. <laughs> let's move on. Okay, so Carter has this idea. He's like, "Wait, Tree can remember what we did previously." Like, her memory isn't reset like ours is. So if she memorizes everything, she can fill us in on each rerun. And Tree's like, I'm not a scientist. Like, I can't remember all the equations and everything. And I'll have to die every single time to make this happen. Like, over and over again. <laughs> and my body will be turned to mush yeah, like again. Yeah, like, my, my body wears out as I die. This is, this is not a good idea. Like, it's already tired. <laughs> and Samara suggests killing herself if she hates the idea of being murdered by a babyface killer every single time. And... Tree absolutely hates that idea, but Dre is like, well, you know, it's better than being chased by the baby boss killer. At least you have a way, like, you can choose how you die. Do we know that would actually solve the problem? If, like, if it would send her back into the loop? Well, like, if, yeah, if she kills herself as opposed to being killed. Well, she got, she killed herself that one round, remember where she hung herself? Oh, that's true. All right. So, she Fair knows enough. that works. I stand corrected. Yeah. So, montage to peppy music. Here we go. She's studying. Every time a movie needs a montage. Yeah, she's studying. She's watching Danielle and Carter jealously, killing herself in various vaguely comedic ways, like jumping out of a plane in a bikini and landing in front of Carter and Danielle magically, which is pretty funny, but unnecessary. Question. I assume when she dies, she's going to a different dimension each time? I mean, she wakes up in the same dimension. Oh, so she's This is the same dimension over and over, as far as she can tell. Then how did she jump dimensions? That last time? Yeah, like why did she... Uh, I'm so confused. I thought I the whole point of the loop was she was resetting into a different dimension every time she died. No, she's resetting to this dimension every single time, every time she dies. Then why do we even have... Why are the dimensions a part of this? How is she jumping dimensions? So she... So I don't know. I don't know how she jumped dimensions originally, but she is now has to choose between the dimension she's in, which is the one where her mom's alive and Carter and Danielle are together and all of that, or going back to her other dimension. Those so are her the dimension choices. thing is unrelated to the time loop thing. It's just another thing that's happening to her. Kind of. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was my confusion. I thought they were related somehow. I thought one was the cause of the other. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe as we go further along, you'll have more information to make that decision. <laughs> okay. But I don't, 
I'm not sure uh, it really plays into it. I think it's just give her the choice between like everything she's wanted, but she doesn't get Carter versus, yeah. you know, having Carter and her mom's dead, you know? Which I've understood you nothing you've told me apparently of <laughs> this entire recap, Danielle. I've okay, clearly well, misunderstood I mean, to everything. be fair, this is what her second time through it. Like, it's not like it's second or third time through this this particular loop. So she's in the same dimension. Okay. That, I was like, I guess I shouldn't like, are they always going to be dating in every dimension? Yeah. Because this is the same great. dimension over and over. Okay, that that was my confusion. Yep. All right, great. So, given and I think given what we know about how some of the damage carries over, which is not made of big a deal in this movie as you it was in the like last gentle one, deaths. you would be like, yeah, like take some poison or something. Like, why are you? <laughs> she's like, she's hardcore about some of the things. She like electrocutes herself with a hair dryer in a bathtub. I mean, those are more fun. And like, if you were like, you knew you were immortal, you might try a few weird deaths. But if you knew taking a toll on your body, that's that's risky. Yeah, she doesn't do nice death she does a bunch of like they're supposed to be comedic but they're just very like uh, hard on her body would be really funny is if she like does one of the deaths and then you see baby face pop up with the knife go oh darn just missed it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so she in one of the renditions she sees laurie and dr mccheaterface arguing professor dr mccheaterface arguing and she you also get some like happy moments with her mom and dad where she's at the lunch you know doing stuff with them you think she's spending most of her time trying to figure out the loop stuff instead of you know all this other well i think she's trying to, stuff she wants to spend time with her mom i don't think i think the like there's only so much she can do because they're t- testing all these variables like what's she supposed to do about that she's not a scientist i mean i have no idea i think she's the biggest variable they didn't want her there yeah <laughs> and montage uh, after she she jumps off the clock tower again and she didn't hang herself this time thankfully she just jumped sure. and she wakes up and her stomach really hurts and she passes out and she wakes up in the hospital as she did once before in the previous movie and professor dr mccheaterface is there as her doctor but this time not her lover maybe she tells dr professor mccheaterface that now he knows why she wasn't in his class and he has no idea what she's talking about and introduces who are himself. you mysterious woman <laughs> And she suddenly realizes that, uh, yeah, he they're not cheating together in this reality. So good on her. It's amazing how little she understands how things have changed. Like, if Laura's not trying to kill her, obviously he's a jealous relationship with Dr. Professor McCheaterface. Yeah. He would, or doesn't know about it. I mean, you don't know. Yeah, sure. But... I mean, I would just take everything as, like, not set in stone. So I would, like, I would, I think, guess would approach things yeah. more casually to see, like, kind of feel Probably out. a little bit. Try to figure out what, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, feel out what the situation is before you just make it a assumption and dive in like she does okay so she suddenly realizes that as she's talking to him she suddenly realizes that Lori is possibly going to end up dying again because of tombs because tombs did escape he did supposedly remember the baby face killer was after them while she and Lori yeah, but were was that tombs the only reason tombs we had the baby face mask we... in the first place was because Lori gave it to him we don't know for sure but she's like okay well who else would be randomly in the hospital like chasing after them if not tombs? maybe another Lori it could be anyone <laughs> she jumps to tombs so oh, man, quickly Fontes, I want it to be another Lori that's what I think should have well should it was another Ryan before like my point is what they're all doppelganger like, well, regardless, like... regardless she okay. knows that the baby face killer is um, in the hospital and she's afraid that Lori's going to end up dying and potentially because of tombs and she tells him that he needs to go make sure that Lori's safe like she talks him into it she's like just just go 
Okay. So he leaves. He, he like denies knowing her at first because he doesn't want to admit he's having sex with his student. But he finally does go. She escapes her room, knocking out the cop and stealing his gun. And she's wandering the dark halls. To Why look. is she doing this? Because she wants to. She doesn't want Lori to die. I know, but like she is not qualified to do this. Well, like, nobody in the room is there. Like in the previous versions, the cop dies. Like everybody's also, dead. If Lori There's dies, nobody in the... It doesn't matter because she'll just reset the loop anyway. Yeah, but why would you just sit there and do nothing? Because like none of it. Literally, her day doesn't matter because she's going to kill herself or be killed, and it's going to reset. And anything she does will have no consequence. What if they run the? You're you're correct, but what if they you know figure it out and do the thing that they night don't? Because then... she got, woke up, had a stomachache, passed out, and came to the hospital. She didn't tell them about everything she learned. She didn't set them up to do the variable search. I don't know, Sam. But <laughs> <laughs> she hasn't like talked to Ryan and gone to the lab with Sissy and everything. Like she went from wake up to hospital. You're right. Maybe she. She's just trying to, like, prevent Lori from having to die, even though it's not really dead. <laughs> this is, I'm just saying, if I was, I'd be like, I'm taking this one easy. This is my day off. <laughs> You're right. I agree. <laughs> okay. Anyway, that's not the point. The point is she goes after Tombs or whoever, the baby There's face no killer. consequences. hard to care. <laughs> I just feel like she's wandering the hospital. She has literally no idea where this guy is. And I don't feel like she would ever find him because hospitals are huge. And she knows yeah. he was taken down to the operating room. And so I'm just wondering if she's she wandering all the halls. I know. She's just wandering the halls. But she does manage to find a line of blood drops on the floor. And she follows them to her room, slowly pulling back the curtain around the bed. And oh, no, Lori's already dead on the floor. Ah! I and don't care. She'll be back in a moment. <laughs> I mean, why am I supposed to care? And Babyface appears behind her. And she sees him in the corner mirror like the mirrors that sit in the corner so you can kind of see the whole room yeah. and she turns and fires two shots into him and it is tombs and she pulls off the mask it's tombs and she asks who set him free if it wasn't Lori. from behind the curtain another baby face appears and attacks her she's trapped with the gun and she tells him that if she if she goes he goes and she shoots the oxygen takes and it explodes and she wakes up so she's trapped with the gun yeah trapped he, in like, the room you mean he like jumps on her or whatever and she can't get the gun down to shoot him but she can oh. aim it at the oxygen tanks, so she shoots the oxygen, oxygen tanks. Oxygen tanks don't explode when you shoot them. That's fine. Okay. But that's what happens in the movie, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> also, I don't know why Tombs is still a thing. He was barely a thing in the last movie. Because <laughs> he's here. He's in the All thing. Because right. he's, he's escaped, apparently. They don't know why. She doesn't know why he's escaping. She thought it was Lori, so now it's just a mystery as to why he's I managed mean, to escape. it was Lori in the last one. They're changing the universe here. None of the, right. none of the so last movie's motivations make any sense here. So she doesn't know what, like, why, who is doing yeah. it at this point. Yeah, she just realized it's not Lori because Lori was dead. So she's also, like, okay. Also, if she okay. just not gone to find Lori, she would have been probably fine. Probably. All right, cutscene to her whiteboarding all of the failed algorithms on the board while everybody looks on very impressed because it is a full board of algorithms. And they look it over, coming to the conclusion that there is only one possibility left. It's her. It's Tree. <laughs> they run it. No, it's just one uh, algorithm left, Sam. <laughs> I thought they were trying to make variables. What's well, algorithm apparently it's all this? math variables. I don't know, Sam. Maybe it makes more sense if you watched it. It didn't make sense to me. It definitely will not make more <laughs> sense, Danielle. I guarantee that. All right. Well, they run the algorithm through the computer and it comes up green. Green means go. Everybody's very I'm excited. Sure. <laughs> this is how science works. <laughs> Carter and her have a little moment where they hug, but are interrupted by Ryan telling them to get a move on it. It's decision time. One variant closes the loop in this dimension. The other sends her back to her original dimension and closes that loop. She has to decide whether to stay or go. Oh, no. Such a hard choice. I care so much. Jeez, Sam. Why do I even tell you stories? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but like, 
I know it's going to be more time loop shenanigans still to come, so it's hard <laughs> to like really invest in decisions because it's not like this is the end of the movie. You don't know that. I, I barely do. She decides to stay here, and Ryan starts the device, and it gets all glowy, and the music goes dramatic. But uh-oh, something's wrong. Apparently there's oh, a virus. Shocking. Samar, a virus. As Samar opened up spam porn again on the computer, <laughs> they have to fix it before they can run the program. What nonsense! <laughs> like, this is so contrived! <laughs> So funny. It should take six to seven hours, and Tree is upset, so she's been literally killing herself for this. <laughs> That's not how it works, but also, like, it's it's fine. Like, literally, you could just shoot yourself and tell them that first thing in the morning, hey, fix the spam porn. Yeah. Or whatever. Well, she leaves the lab, and Carter follows her, and he asks her if she's sure about this. If they close the loop and she doesn't help, then the people are dead for good. So the people. The people that have been dying in the hospital because somebody's stalking the hospital. Oh, you mean Lori? Well, she doesn't know who's stalking the people at the hospital. That It doesn't seem to be triggered by her. So she's like, if she doesn't go to the hospital and stop the murderer, but then Lori's all this- the one who's been dying in the hospital. You didn't mention anyone else dying in the hospital. No, but there's a murderer on the loose. So yes, Lori's been dying in the hospital, but it could be other people. She doesn't know. It could be the cop. It could be the nurse. Like, there's a potential for more murders. But yes, Lori, at the very minimum, will be dead. Uh, this is all... Mm. Whatever. <laughs> Carter's just like, okay, are you like, if you stop the time loop and you don't go help the people and, you know, kill the murderer, then are you okay with the people that are going to end up dead in the hospital? This is a nonsense problem Carter is putting out because people are dying all the time. It can't be Tree's responsibility to stop well, all murder in the world. That's exactly what she says. She's like, I have to stay alive. Going to the hospital is too dangerous. And like, if I. If I die in the hospital, it just resets the time loop. So, uh, like, but that's I know not even the problem I'm talking about. The time loop problem. I'm talking about the problem that, like, even like, I get the idea, like maybe helping people, but she, like, you can't put the entire burden of preventing everyone's death ever onto trees' shoulders. Right, and she—that's what she says. So she says, like, I know, I, I know that sounds selfish, but you have no idea what I've gone through, and I can't save everybody and be responsible for everyone. People die all the time, is what she says. Yeah. Good. Okay, we're on the same page. Good. <laughs> and Picard thinks that's incredibly selfish that she can save that's innocent not people. Self- that's reality. <laughs> <laughs> that hey, Carter, she, if you care so much, you go to the hospital and save everybody. I think Carter's point is like, you know that people are going to be murdered, but you're not going to do anything about it. And like, he thinks that's wrong. Obviously, he hasn't been living in her, in her reality. I think she has a point too. I think this is supposed to be like a trolley problem or like, yes. you, is an action the same thing as action? And I don't think that holds water. <laughs> Right. And so she tells him that she doesn't want to have to make this choice. Obviously, she'd you know, like to help everybody, but she can't. And she can't choose between her mom and him. And But here she is. Like, she's just, you know, she's in a rock and a hard place. And he's confused. And she tells him that in the other dimension, they're together. So she woke up every day in her time loop. She woke up every day in his bed and just like here. And she fell in love with him. And he's shaken by this, you know, Well, yeah, concept. that's not cool. <laughs> but asks if she's making the right decision. How does she know she shouldn't be in the other dimension? Quite literally, she should be in another dimension. So that's her home dimension, but whatever. Right, and he, and which is kind of what she, he points out: like you're living another person's life, essentially. And she's you don't like, the memories. It's gonna right. be such a hard life here. What if they don't use like money the same way? What if like everything's different here, just slightly different, and, and you go through life with an uncanny feeling that you don't belong? It could be. I think that's kind of what he's pointing out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. And she goes, am I supposed to wake up in the other dimension knowing I gave up my mom? I'm like, I can't lose her again. I have, like, that's just the decision I have to make. And he tells her that she already lost her mom and to choose to stay here again is living someone else's life and that the pain and loss made her who she is now. So she has a chance to do something other people only dream of, which is to say goodbye to her mom. 
and go back to I her mean, own dimension. Live her own life. This may sound callous, but I kind of agree with Carter. <laughs> yeah, I'm not necessarily against what he's saying. So Danielle calls for him interrupting and Tree leaves, but Carter's only half paying attention to Danielle as he watches Tree leave, looking worried and concerned. Okay. <laughs> so... No, just giving you background. Giving you depth of character for the story, Sam. Yes, the story. That is so intricate. (laughs) Trey shows up to lunch looking pretty ragged, and her parents are understandably concerned. And she tells them they all need to leave and get as far away as possible from campus. And she'll explain later, but they have to go. Why her parents have to go? If you were then being murdered by the murder, which has never happened once? I don't know. I don't know, Sam. (laughs) (laughs) You're just throwing out things here, Danielle. I, I mean, it's not a reasonable for me to question why you telling her parents to get away from campus. Right, they I agree. She could just anyway. skip lunch and just go by herself. But no, she decides to get her parents involved. Or she could just go reason. to lunch and then, you know, like normal and, and say, okay, see you guys later. Like, they are not involved in any part of this. Yeah, they have not yet been involved. So I don't know why she involves them. But they're, they agree. You know, they're like, sure, we'll go. Like, clearly concerned for her. And meanwhile, Ryan seems to fix the issue, the porn issue, and is ready to start the machine. So Tree is driving in a car with her parents and it's pitch black outside her mom leans back and tell her she's like you know what try to make her feel better she's like you know what i'm craving one of those giant cinnamon rolls from that bakery in morrow bay and tree of course has no idea what she's talking about and her mom is like from your birthday last year you ate two of them how do you not remember those you loved them and tree Just mutters like we told her yeah. tree butter said it wasn't her and she looks drearily out the window as her dad suggests they stop for the night and get a hotel room Okay, does Tree need to be near the magic laser device to affect the time loop? Apparently not. <laughs> okay, I just, why, why is she just leaving the scene? I think she's leaving so that she doesn't get murdered. Sure, all right. I think that's her thought process. I don't know why she involves her parents. Yeah, I don't even know why she's targeted. Yeah, so as she is driving, she looks out, like as she's just mournfully looking out the window, she sees a sign for the Bayfield Electrical Substation as they drive past, and then they make it to the hotel room. So Carter, meanwhile, is at the hospital. You told him to go, and he did, Sam. Thank you very uh, much. Well, you know, look, <laughs> if he wants to be a big dang hero, he can be a big dang hero. No uh-huh. one's going to stop him. He's going to. He's at the hospital wandering in the dark halls looking nervous. That's a really good way to accomplish your goal. <laughs> go there unarmed, wander around aimlessly until you're stabbed. I don't know if he's unarmed. He might have something with him. He sees Lori and calls out for her, but she doesn't hear him, and he rushes after her. How she not hear him? I don't because she's just about to round a corner. Like he's way at the other end of the hall. Yeah, because corners block sound. I forgot. <laughs> say I don't know, Sam. It's dark. There's nobody there. She would totally hear him, but oh, that's yeah, not the, the point. Darkness blocks sound too. <laughs> the point is, is she's he's rushing up the hall, and then creepy baby face appears behind him from a corner and starts to follow him. Perfect. Great. In the hotel room, Dad leaves to go get ice, and Tree's mom asks her if she's pregnant. And if not, if is it a boy? And Tree's like, no, I'm not pregnant. And no, it's not a boy, but yes, it is definitely but sort a boy. Of, it's complicated. <laughs> and she asks if her mom had ever wondered what it'd be like without her dad, or if she had to make the choice to never see him again for something else that was just as important, what would she do? And her mom is- All right. I got- I, I'm sorry. I hate to bring this up again, but Tree, it's one boy- in college, there are many other boys in this in the universe. Like, <laughs> you don't need to, like, this is the only chance at love I'll ever have in my life. It's not true. That's not how love works. I think it's probably, I mean, I think Carter is supposed to represent, like, a future. Like, she can either stay in the past with her mom being alive and live that life and not 
have. I this get that. I understand that she's a past of the future. The metaphor is good, but the way the metaphor is presented as like, oh, if you don't go with Carter, you will never have love. Is, is I don't nonsense. think that's what she's saying because her mom literally says next, like everyone has to make hard choices between what they have now and the future. She literally yeah. is like, you're, that's what your choice is. What you what you're what you seem to be talking about is like something that's happening now versus something you could potentially have. I think Carter's just a fill in for the future. Okay, but you'll have a future in this universe too. Is my point. Yes, but she's not going to be like remember all the things that made her who she is. Like she's not. She's like as Carter said, oh, living yeah, a separate life. The uncanny, <laughs> the uncanny life thing is still true. But my point is that like that's the bigger question. The question isn't oh will I ever have a future. The question is do I fit in here? Right. And so that's part of it, I think. But it's also kind of like well, you know, what am I choosing? Am I choosing to live in the past, or am I choosing to you know move on from something that happened in my own life? Sure. Okay. And she asks her mom how she knew her dad was the one and her mom's like well i didn't i just took a chance and followed my heart and that's how love works it's leap of faith that's very wise on the tv behind them because all tvs just give you information oh no (laughs) magic tv exposition (laughs) the news reporter is talking about the hospital and she turns the volume on the reporter announces there have been three fatalities so far a nurse a police officer and a student and they show the pictures of each one and the student is carter oh shocking oh no you went to the hospital and you got killed that's not surprising anyway. She calls Ryan trying to stop him, but he doesn't pick up the phone and she grabs the keys and rushes out, her parents yelling after her. Of course he doesn't. No, it's because they show it and he's like in the middle of mad scientisting it with the Oberman sphere. He's like, ah, it's working! And the phone's buzzing in the background. <laughs> yes, that's what you do. Every time you're working on something and it's working, you stand around yelling, it's working! You don't do that in your science lab? <laughs> Oh, every day, Daniel. Are you kidding? I just assumed you had your gloves on and your white coat and your goggles and your safety goggles and you were like, whoa, science. That is the most accurate thing you've ever said, Daniel. <laughs> I have to assume that's what your life is like on the daily. <laughs> I don't every know what else day. it would be like. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you watch movies, you wouldn't. I would assume it's like that. Yeah, movie. if movies are your only reference point, that, that's exactly what you got. <laughs> Perfect. Meanwhile, the system is counting down in the lab from 10 to break the loop as they stand around, again, not hearing Ryan's phone vibrating. She drives past the electrical substation and U-turns, heading towards it, realizing she's never going to make it to the town in time. She barrels- How does she know they haven't already done it? Because, I don't know, maybe it'd feel differently? I don't know, Sam. So she Because, barrels- like, if they've already done it and she's planning <laughs> to crash into the substation to disrupt the electricity and kill herself, I think she but they've already attacked. done it, then she's dead. I believe when she's in the... I feel like in the hotel room, she gets a text like, we got it to work. We're going to start it soon or something. And so like, theoretically. But yeah, but she doesn't know what soon means. It could have been minutes ago. Okay, it could have, but she's assuming it hasn't yet. Otherwise, this plot doesn't make 10 sense, seconds. Sam. Like, this, is, this is the margin of error of 10 seconds at best. <laughs> okay. Well, she barrels to the fence. She drives head on into the, the substation. The tower is taking out the power and blowing up one of the stations. Sure. And she's dead, and the loop resets. Yeah, she wakes up in the dorm and looks at Carter and says, that's the last time I'm dying for you. And then she grins. The end. (laughs) Yes, that's the end of the movie. (laughs) That'd be kind of funny. It's almost done. Cut scene to the lab. Ryan is fixing the device and asks her if she's sure she wants to go back. And she says yes, that she has to take a leap of faith. So she's decided to drop her mom like a hot potato and go for Carter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I mean, sure, teenagers. I guess he's maybe, yeah, 19, something like that. Nineteen twenty, probably. Yeah. I don't think it's the wrong decision. I mean, I think it's a rock and a hard place, as we discussed, but... I, I don't, don't think it's the wrong decision, decision either. I don't think it's... I just think her reasoning is not necessarily the sound for why she's making the decision. No. 
Well, kind of. We'll get there. Back at the house, she runs into Lori, and she tells her that she's glad to see her. And then Dr. Professor McCheaterface comes up to pick her up for her shift, like he drives up in the car. And she's like, you know, he's not worth it. I've dated a married guy before, and, you know, you feel really crappy about yourself, and you deserve better than that. And, you know, you do you. Go Girl be power. better. Yeah, they hug it out, and Lori looks thoughtful as she leaves. So she heads to Danielle's room to make amends, and Danielle looks surprised that she's in there, and she's clearly, like, very uncomfortable that she's walked into her room, and a man comes out wet from her shower. And it's not tr- Carter. It's not Carter, and Danielle tries to cover, and Tree grins and is like, never mind, bye. <laughs> you, you, you go. <laughs> I mean, again, she's looking at the universe, none of this is her problem. Yeah. Well, she's trying to make amends with everything. I don't know if, like, when she leaves, Why? does the other, like, does the other one replace her? How does it work, Sam? I mean, that's my point. Like, if she is displacing slavery from this universe, she's literally murdering another version of herself to occupy this universe, I which is unconscionable. Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if she leaves and then the other one appears, I would hope. I don't somehow. know how it works. I cannot explain it. <laughs> my point is, whatever she's doing here is probably not helpful. It's, it's much like I was saying about earlier when she was in the hospital. Like, none of this matters. She is is out of this universe apparently and she's she should not mess up someone else's universe but i would try to leave everything on good terms as i leave but that's not your like maybe what you think are good terms not the terms that your other person wants i suppose i tried not to murder anybody or be rude to anybody on the day that i was there <laughs> sure but i wouldn't go around actively trying to influence or change my relationships with people because i don't know how that might affect the next person the, the other me who is this is nonsense but the other me who would <laughs> occupy my position when i leave anyway tree heads to lunch and asks to speak with her mom alone and she tells her that she just wants her to know how much she loves her and that she hopes that she becomes half the woman she is the mom's obviously a little confused but tells her that she's the woman she is because she had tree and she knew when she saw her that it was the best kind of love and that kind of love changes a person to be better and tree changed her for the better so they hug it out and her dad comes with a cake and Tree gets a slow motion moment of like memorizing her for her future. Like you can tell she's like watching her mom to have it like a little keepsake in her pocket. Okay, I get it. <laughs> Cut to the device. It's time! Exclamation point. Yay! So as the device charges and start to glow, the Deem storms in, telling him they weren't supposed to work with the machine and unplugs it, turning it off, and he carts it out of the office. The power's all flickering, too. Of course, the Deem just had to barge in. Oh, no! Carter's like, it's not a big deal. Just die and reset it, and we'll do it again tomorrow. And she, again, is like, I get weaker every single time I die, and I'm not sure I can do this again. Like, I'm kind of getting to the end of my rope here. Yeah, Um, no kidding. So I would really like to just steal it back if we could do that. (laughs) And after an inspirational speech from Ryan about how scientists solve problems, they decide to heist it. Boo! (laughs) So it turns into a heist movie. (laughs) For the last four minutes. Oh, you know, 20 maybe. But they need a distraction to get the keys back from and back to the Dean. Is she working with the murderer who's out there murdering Lore at this very moment? Yeah, who cares, Sam? So, as you said, <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> Love it. I like, but I played the movie, made it seem like a, a whole speech about how important it was that she didn't let them die. That's her responsibility. Like, we'll eh, get never there. Mind. We'll get there. So, Danielle calls as they're planning, and Tree is like, whoa, give me the phone. I have an idea. So, she grabs the phone, and she asks Danielle for a favor. Cutscene. Danielle enters the Dean's office, and a French girl outfit, like the striped shirt, the beret, and she's got her sunglasses on. Like a mime. Yeah, she's got her sunglasses on, and she's pretending to be blind. (laughs) 
She's trying to be Helen Keller. A little bit. She convinces him that she's from the exchange program and is lost. And she knocks over all of his stuff, uh, manages to grab the keys and tosses them off, creating havoc while they run off. That is why is is she blackmailing Danielle with her cheaty story to make her do that? I don't know if they told every told her everything that was going down or if they were just like, it'd be a great opportunity to practice your craft, (laughs) which sounds like something Danielle would buy. That, or she's saying, like, hey, Danielle, if you don't want to spill the beans to Carter about your shower Maybe boy, you will she do might this. Have. Yeah, I mean, she was talking in front of Carter when she asked for the favor, so I doubt that. But I'm sure they talked Danielle into, into it. I bet if I bet if just True was like, hey, you know, this would be a great opportunity for you. You should totally do this. I'm sure that she would, because she would know. Get the message. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. You don't see that part. Anyway, Fair. it's it's like a comedy scene. You know, she's in there. She gets, like, wrapped in the drapes. She's, like, falling no, over the it. couch, it's a whole, like, et cetera. You know, uh, Pratt falls. Absolutely. As they, you know, cuts between the scenes of them getting the sheet out of his office and down the hall to the lab and returning the keys. And so they have three hours. Now it's nine o'clock at night. They have three hours to run the diagnostics and get it running. And apparently that's cutting it close. Isn't it her death? That happened? Why is it midnight? Why are they, are they so convinced she will die at midnight? Because that's when the machine went off originally, remember? 1201? Yeah, but that's when it went off. This, that was yesterday that it went off. Yes, but they think that's when it's re, like when it's resetting. I don't know, Sam. That's just, they have three hours until it resets magically. But what happens? We've never seen her reach midnight before because she was just murdered. I don't know. Maybe she I'm just saying. They I don't know. know you think they would have tried to like, yeah. they would have seen what happened, like if they just kept her in the lab or something right, to see what would happen. Right, because you I have to memorize all these equations. Well, what if you just didn't die? for a day and we could just keep working on it it probably i bet it's just like what's his face and groundhog day he probably just wakes up again in his bed regardless of whether or not he falls asleep well we'll never know now will we <laughs> all right anyway three hours run diagnostics get it running apparently it's cutting it close and she realizes she's gonna have to go stop the murders at the hospital otherwise everybody's gonna be dead sure i mean one person will be dead Lori. okay but last time it was Lori and the cop and the nurse well, Lori didn't no, die, last time it was, but the cop it was and the nurse too. and Carter. Right, sure. but again, like... It's multiple people. So she feels like she needs to stop the murder, Sam. That's the point of the story. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, why does she just go downtown and try to stop all the muggings and murders there, too? Like, I don't know. It, 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 I understand that she knows a bad thing's going to happen. She feels responsibility to fix it. I appreciate that. And that's a very noble feeling. But also, like, context is important. I don't disagree. I'd have a really hard time not going to the hospital to help. If I were trapped in this loop. Maybe. I don't know. Like, it feels like you can't help, really. Like, you're, it feels like, to, to get even nerdier from all, it feels like a prime directive situation where you're interfering in a universe that is not your universe. That's like, true. Like, your, your whole point, your mom said to you, like, just now that, hey, my death is what helped make you you. So her doing this might be affecting other people in ways she can't imagine. That's true. Because it's going to happen like, whether not or not she's there. universe to meddle in, is my point. Well, anyway, she decides to. She catch, <laughs> She ends up back in the hospital. She catches the cop off guard in the bathroom and at gunpoint, uh, like, pulls his gun from him and tells him to go get help. The lights are now on in the halls, which is a change of pace. I appreciate That's that. That's nice. <laughs> she rushes into the hospital room with Tombs and shoots him just as he goes for Lori, grabbing Lori and dragging her out. The power flickers back on at a campus, and De- like, it's flickering, and Dean realizes that he's been placed and runs off to the lab to try and stop them. They stack a bunch of furniture in front of the he door to block so, him. so, like, intent on interfering personally <laughs> in know, this crazy. one minor thing on this campus. I would agree he's like an 80s villain. It has that vibe for sure, as you said earlier. Yeah, very much the dean from Animal House or whatever. Yep, exactly. Back at the hospital... 
Lori and Tree are running through the halls, and she tells Lori that at first she thought it was Tree that the murderer was after, but it's not. It's Lori. And Babyface appears in front of them, and Tree raises her gun, and she yells. Is it Danielle, now jealous of her sleeping with Dr. Professor McTutorface? No! She goes, it's over, Gregory. Do you remember who Gregory was? Is he the Dr. McTutorface? <laughs> it is! Why is he killing Lori? Okay, we'll get there. We're gonna get there. I mean, this is so dumb. <laughs> It is dumb, but we will get there. <laughs> okay, great. Lori is shocked and confused. Tree explains that his wife must have figured out that he was cheating because she saw them arguing earlier. Remember that scene? No, I don't, but I'll take your word for it. That's uh, when Carter and her are talking. She looks over his shoulder no, and she I sees them arguing. Happened, yeah, but I do not remember a lot of what she you said thoughtful. already. <laughs> so his wife figured out that he was cheating and instead of doing like anything normal, like a divorce, he released tombs so he'd be blamed. And he t- basically, he took a page out of Lori's previous handbook he released him let me get there so he released tombs so he'd be blamed and possibly kill her but if not he was gonna kill her anyways and tombs would be blamed so the plan was to kill Lori, and that would solve the problem in his marriage <laughs> you, did, you, you said we're getting there danielle you did not get there you lied to me <laughs> you hear police sirens in the background and tree grins she's like you hear that you're going to jail and gregory why goes, there's no evidence against him there's nothing <laughs> all they have so far is tree busting in here Stealing a gun from a cop, shooting a man in the hospital bed, and then spout all the nonsense. This is just like they did the last As movie. As we There's established, no <laughs> it does not matter, Sam. <laughs> oh, it's infuriating. <laughs> So Gregory grins back and he's like, oh, there's one small detail you forgot. It's his wife. They turn around and his wife is behind them. Why is she on board with this? She shoots Lori in the stomach. <laughs> Why is his wife like, yeah, you know what? Even though you're the one who cheated on me, I want to team up with you. Like, I love you I so much. I cannot tell you the motivation. Cannot tell you the motivation. I'm so mad. The wife is like, you really think I was going to let her ruin my life? So apparently being married to this dude is like more important than murder. <laughs> This dude's a total trash bag. Like, you'd be better off without him, girl. People do weird stuff all the time, Sam. Uh, yeah, I don't buy this, though. <laughs> Gregory runs at Tree. Even though the wife is like a gun pointed at Tree, Gregory runs at Tree for reasons I can't comprehend and, like, plows her down to the ground. And she yells at him to kill her. Like, the wife is like, kill her! And Gregory slams her head into the ground and stands up. And his wife asks if he'd like to do the honors and hands him the gun. He's like, love to. And he raises the gun to Tree. But then he pauses and goes, oh, I almost forgot. And turns the gun to his wife, shooting her instead. What is going on? (laughs) Nobody makes any sense in this movie. None of these motivations make any sense. And he goes, I want a divorce. (laughs) He could just have a divorce. Wild. What what is with this? Wild. This is nonsense. Don't you want the backstory of, like, these two, this couple? Like, what is going on with this couple? Yeah, because, like, there's very insane situation that would lead to this particular outcome. <laughs> there's nothing here that makes sense. Uh, he then raises the gun again to Tree, and the cop, you, there's, like, the cop finally reappears, yells at him down the hall to, you know, release the gun, and yeah, Tree runs for it. What is going to happen here with the cops pulling up? Like, how is this not going to end with him? Like, he was fine up until the moment his wife shot Lori. Like, he was still like, I don't know what Tree is talking about. This crazy woman busts into my hospital, murders one of my patients, and then threatens me with a gun officer. Please arrest her. Are there's like security cameras anywhere in this hospital is what I really want to know. <laughs> but like none of them show, like I assume if there were, Dr. McCheerface would have known that and avoided them. Like there's no evidence tying him to tombs or any other problems. Yeah, as far as I know, that is absolutely true. But now yeah, there is. So like another situation where inaction would have solved all the problems. <laughs> That's like every story that we recap. Sam. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> to make their own problems worse. <laughs> so, 
Tree runs for it as the cop distracts him, and she runs into a room with what looks suspiciously like an MRI, and they get into a fight, him throwing her through a window. How's MRI suspicious? It just looks like a, it looks suspiciously looks like an MRI. It looks like an MRI machine. I'm assuming that's what it is. Um, but let I me get, why that's suspicious. Let me, it's not suspicious. You <laughs> mean that the movie makes a big, uh, like, obvious pan across it? Like, uh, like you'll see, Sam, you'll see in just a moment. Okay, I'm just telling sure. you that it's not clear if it's an MRI, but it looks like an MRI. <laughs> All right. It's not like they walk into the room and go, oh, it's an MRI machine. So she's she's pretty beat up. She's on the ground. She's like climbing through the grass and he approaches her and she pulls a screwdriver out from her pocket. And he'll put the magnet on the MRI turns on and pulls it out of her hand. And he laughs and the camera zooms in on the no magnet sign on the MRI and she shouts at him to wait. She has something to tell him. She's like, wait, hang on. And he's like, why is he waiting? Don't listen to her. (laughs) Yeah, he gets all confused and he pauses just long enough for her to slam the button on, that big giant red button that turns on the MRI. And a wheelchair bounces across the floor, pitting him to the machine. And then she points the screwdriver at him and lets go and it flies across the room, plunging into his heart. Okay. She turns off the machine and collapses against the wall. Excellent. So she did not save Lori, did not save the wife, and murdered Gregory. Good job coming to the (laughs) hospital. That really helped things out. The police and medical teams are very busy, and Lori's going into emergency surgery. I think she's going to be fine, though. Don't worry about it, oh, Sam. Okay, um, so why, again, uh, never mind. Move on. I'm going to be <laughs> mad about this for a while. Carter is there. I don't know, for funsies. I guess he showed up because he was concerned, and even though she had told him to stay away. And he just couldn't help himself, so she tells him that she hopes he knows that she's only going back for one reason. And he reaches out to kiss her as the team with the... I hope it's not him, because it's dumb. <laughs> Uh, anyway, he reaches out to kiss her, and you could cut scene to the group that's working with the machine, and this like slow motion uh, defense of the door as the dean breaks through, and the countdown finalizes. And Why do they mach- have a countdown? Just go to zero. Because it's funny. And the machine explodes <laughs> in colors and blues as Carter and Tree kiss, and they glow gold. I, I, I despise the fact that I'm going back to my universe for a boy. <laughs> I think she's going back to the universe to, like, live the life she's supposed to have and to embrace her future, which just happens to be, you know, representative of Carter. I'm just saying, like, hers, she literally said, there's only one reason I'm going back. I think she's and I, being a little facetious. But yes, he does represent dumb. the future for her or the other realm for her. Agreed. I would say it's, it's not, I mean, I get the, met- I understand the metaphor. I'm just saying it, the way it's delivered is not palatable to me. I would agree. So, a worrying noise happens, and the lights come back on in the lab. Everybody is wiped out on the floor, and they slowly get up. Tree and Carter are lying next to each other, and as she gets up, she looks over at him, and she's like, Danielle? And he says, who? And she jumps on him, hugging him. Cut to the credits. Why is Carter there at the hospital with her in this universe? They're not. The they're, back that at the, they're back now at the lab. Oh, back at the lab. Yeah, but you don't know Wait. that when you first see them. Like, you see them lying okay. down. It looks like they're on the floor, and then it kind of pans out, and you see they're at the lab as they're talking. Okay, but why is she at the lab now? It, I assume in the I alternate dimension that something similar was going on, and now sure, that's where whatever. she ended up. I don't, I, there's no reason for me to think there could be any logical explanation. There's a post credit scene. Would you like to hear it? It's terrible. I mean, I'm sure it's going to explain everything, Danielle, yes? <laughs> so they're doing community service outside of the school when black cars drive up and agents appear, asking them to come with. Oh, no. They're escorted to DARPA? I don't know what that stands for. I'll be honest. De- Department Defense, of Arms, Defense, Defense Research Projects. Yeah, that one. <laughs> and they... And they have Sissy. They wanted some help on the algorithms because they can't get it to work. And they think that what they've made is remarkable. Tree tells them she can definitely help with that. And he says if they can figure that out, then they can use a a test subject and, you know, try it out. And Carter's like, 
You want to trap someone in a time loop on purpose? That's horrible unless they deserve it. And Tree says, Tombs. Tree says, I think I know the perfect recruit, which is where I also thought it must be Tombs. Nope, turns out. Gregory. No, turns out it's Danielle. Danielle? They, she what? Wakes, she wakes up in her bed and she's screaming, clearly reliving the same day. That's, I don't think Danielle's mean enough to be trapped no, in a time I loop. Mean, maybe she cheated on Carter <laughs> in the other universe, but the Danielle in this universe may be catty, but like, no. Maybe be a good learning lesson for her, Sam. <laughs> no. Everyone in this movie is awful. <laughs> I know. The end is so sad. Oh, gosh. That's terrible, Danielle. Uh, <laughs> The movie didn't – the previous movie didn't make any sense, but at least it didn't try to make sense. It didn't throw a bunch of nonsense at you that, like, overly complicated everything. This movie makes no sense. And it tries and it does it, – it makes it, like, less sense. That's why it's so good for the podcast, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> so well good. done. Well, well, well played, Danielle. Well played. <laughs> it's just pure nonsense. That is uh, hilarious and weird and – I still don't understand why there was a second universe involved. None of the time loop stuff seems to involve other universes. And also, here's a question I have. If they're trapping somebody in a time loop, I have to trap them in another universe so they can monitor them. Otherwise, like, it, the person who's in the time loop has all the power. You don't have any control over them. Yeah, I assume you'd have to send them to a different universe. Which, again, when did that become a thing you could do? <laughs> I don't know, Sam. They, like, explain a lot away uh, with uh, Oberman Spear. <laughs> They just say, oh, we have this this magic toy from a gift shop and that makes it work. <laughs> it's giant. I mean, it's huge. It's not from a gift shop, clearly. Oh, Danielle. I'm sure there's a gift shop where you get a, a sphere that big. <laughs> yeah, it's like eight feet tall or six feet. Yeah, no, it's pretty tall. I mean, that's pretty cool. I would love one of those. Are you kidding me? I'd put that in my home. It'd be amazing. It's very glowy. Oh, that sounds like a very fun movie, but I am angry at how little it makes sense. It'd be how a much great it tries. group watch. You should group watch it with your friends, Sam. Friends are not we me. Would, that would be... <laughs> Thanks, I guess, Danielle. Oh, damn, you usually watch this, but I don't want to be around you when you do because you sound like a terrible person. I just meant person. that we're not going to group watch it together. That'd be years no, from now, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Uh, I am incensed. Like, they never explain the two Ryans thing. Like, that never comes Oh, no, back. like, totally disappears. You're like, wait, where'd Ryan 2 go? <laughs> yeah, like, that was never a thing. Like, the fact that they had a doppelganger is like, oh, we have to close the loop with a doppelganger. That never becomes like, oh, okay, now there's going to be a doppelganger whenever in the universe. That's what's causing the loop is this paradox. But no, that's not what's causing the loop. It's just, oh, there was a doppelganger once and we're not going to talk about that anymore. <laughs> yeah, I remember the first time I watched this is the second time I watched this movie. The first time I watched this movie, I was like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> Why did they? introduce doppelgangers and never come back to it also why does every person in this universe use the same baby face killer mask like, i don't know everyone decides that's okay, how i'm gonna Sam, kill actually, people actually i feel like that's the most like logical I'm thing for anybody. that's okay you know what <laughs> comment withdrawn uh objection sustained <laughs> I think that's the one thing that would be the same between all of the realities. That's true. If you have a, a plethora of readily accessible baby face masks that are horrifying, yeah, you would use them for murder. <laughs> that makes sense to me. Oh, gosh. But the fact that everyone in these universes goes to murder immediately as the solution is also insane. Well, it's because of the baby face masks. I'm pretty sure they just give that idea to people. Yeah, are they like, it's, it's possible. It could be like uh, the Goosebumps book, you know, you put the mask on and it turns you into a murderer. Did you say Goosebumps? Goosebumps. Okay, I thought you said Goosebumps, which just sounds amazing. Goosebumps. I think I just like swallowed my G. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, because all I'm saying is, yes, that is probably the truth, Danielle, but I'm saying that I think Lori, for instance, if they wanted to break up Gregory and Tree, had a much easier ways to do that that didn't involve murder, for instance, telling his wife about them or something. Second, 
second. If Ryan 2 needs to kill Ryan 1, I don't understand that one. That one doesn't make any more sense. I'm not going to talk about that one anymore. But also then Gregory and his wife double murdering Lori. Like, what the heck? I truly wish that Lori had been a double and the other one was trying to kill everybody. That'd be hilarious. The doppelganger thing is actually a very interesting premise. Like, if you're being transplanted to other universes so you can exist in the loop, but your other version of you is also there, and they're, like, trying to get you out of there because they know the only way that they can resume control of their life. I know. There's a whole plot in there that would have been very cool. Yeah, instead they went with, there's only two universes that matter, (laughs) and shut up. (laughs) Wild choices. I'm going to assume that it actually makes way more sense that I'm uh, portraying it as because I didn't pick the right things to tell you, not understanding the science. I'm going to assume it makes perfect (laughs) sense in the movie. Danielle, I don't think the science is the problem here. I think it's the plot. (laughs) Well, maybe I didn't tell you the right plot lines. Maybe I missed stuff that made sense. Listeners, if I missed things that make this whole movie make sense, please write write in. Well, I mean, Danielle, if, if the science starts with a proton laser, <laughs> and, and, uh, unless they mean a laser shooting proton, like shoot, like interacting with protons rather than a laser composed of protons. I don't know. Maybe you should watch the, the movie and look at the device. The you can tell me more when you look at it. Yeah, I look at the movie prop. That's going to answer my questions about the, the, the makeup of the laser beam. <laughs> Sometimes they have the computer shots. Maybe there's some interesting information on there about it. Okay, right. I'll get right on that, Danielle. <laughs> That's not going to spend my afternoon. It's a good movie to spend an afternoon with. I highly recommend it. It sounds like it's a very fun movie, much like the previous one. I think I would have a lot of fun with this movie, as long as I didn't think too hard about it. (laughs) Yeah, you can't think too hard about it. Exactly. (laughs) Which is unfortunate for the premise of our podcast. Yes. Which is all about thinking too hard about things. That's why you bring movies that you shouldn't think too hard about. Exactly. Uh, Good job, Danielle. Well done. Thank you. And that comes as the conclusion of Spook Retorts. <laughs> and even though Spook Retorts is over, we'll still be doing Hyperion next week because the horror never ends. It continues forever. I'm trapped in my own living nightmare. Well, if you want to help us fund an investigation into Tree and why she is in prison for multiple murders in multiple universes, you can send your donations to us at patreon.com slash bookretorts. You can also write in at our website, bookretorts.com, or tweet Instagram or Facebook us at bookretorts. If you want to write to us from this universe or another one, please do so. (laughs) Yeah, if you're in an alternate dimension listening to our podcast. On a loop, which is the absolute worst torture in the universe. I I would be curious, though. Like, is it the same movies? Do we cover the same things? Is it reversed? Is Sam covering my movies and I'm covering his stuff? Well, there's a real twist. Am I doing Hyperion (laughs) in the alternate dimension? Oh, no. Oh, no. The real... (laughs) horror, Danielle. You have to read Hyperion. I don't think I can handle it. (laughs) Well, if that happens, please reach out. But until next time, stay out of time loops, I suppose. (laughs) Yes, please do. And hopefully there will be a next time. Bye. Take care, everybody. The minute you said proton lasers, I was mad. (laughs) I know.
that's why I always every time I do a movie that or book or whatever yeah, that has that. some kind of like science stuff, and I always write down verbatim what they're saying because I'm like, this is just stupid. I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate I can feel that. it in my bones. 